You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Boy, oh boy, what a busy week it's been. We've been all over uh, the place in the last week, special events and uh, conferences and appearances and uh, we're back in the studio tonight that saw rfk jr speak a little earlier today we'll be breaking down what he had to say in the second hour but first uh one of our larger than life guests who comes on uh, almost annually i think going back some years now jesse lee peterson the founder of bond a brotherhood organization of a new destiny he is an author, radio host, pastor, counselor, and frequent guest commentator over the years on Fox News and other national media outlets. You can check him out at jessieleepeterson.com. Jesse, it is great to have you back to kick off the show tonight. James, it's amazing to be on with you, man. It's an honor, and happy White History Month to you. I hear that you've been busy and sore by, but I'm glad we have this time, man. Well, I always appreciate you making the time for us. Uh, we go back. I always like to mention this when you're on, Jesse. 16 years ago it was. We were on CNN together. And I re- a story I always tell when I talk about you, I didn't even have kids back then. I have three now. And uh, your Whoa. son was there. But, yeah, uh, you, your son was there that night uh, behind the scenes in studio in New York uh, for CNN. And uh, that struck me even then. And now as I have three, they like to tag along with me to events and engagements. And uh, I still think about that night. And I also remember Roland Martin didn't like having to talk to a white man who didn't yeah, hate yeah, himself. Yeah, your good friend, Roland Martin. <laughs> he, he didn't like talking to a white man who didn't hate himself. He sort of puffed up like a blowfish and said that, that uh, on that live broadcast that my level of ignorance was unfit for a national TV audience. You still hear from him? Is he still around? Uh, he's around somewhere. I never hear from him anymore, but I do remember that night. And in the back, when we went to the back, he he wanted to fight with me, but somebody <laughs> told me better sit down. But he was so angry at us. You should have taken him up on me. it. I couldn't believe it. That's I right. mean, hey, I, I, I'd have paid to seen that fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my that money's on Jesse on, on that one. I think. Mine too. Yeah, his obesity might have slowed him down by now. Who knows? But anyway, we got a lot to talk That's about. Right. Sixteen years later, we're still talking. Hey, James, let me just say congratulations to your children, man. I now have two grandkids, and my granddaughter got married. I have two great grandkids now. Uh, wow. That's a well, congratulations to you as well. It's a wonderful thing. I got a twelve year old daughter, eight year old son, and a two year old daughter. We have a little And I have three sons and the uh Youngest one is going to be 33 uh, later this week. There you go. So, lot, lots Whoa, of kids. Got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. I was born in June, Jesse, so summer has always been um, a fun time for me, going back to my, my boyhood. Uh, June 22nd was my birthday, so not too long ago. But the, the they have to- society has totally ruined summers for me now. Now June is this uh, amalgamation of what they call pride. Pride Month and then the newfound Juneteenth, they've, they've sullied summer for me. I mean, uh, but you've come up with a month-long celebration in July that combats this annual madness. Uh, so tell, tell us, us about it. it. You know, six, six years ago, I just, this is our sixth year, I decided that it would be a big mistake, it would be evil, it would be ungrateful 
to forget American history, the real history of America, and the fact that this country was founded by white men, uh, uh, and they went through hell with the help of God to build the greatest country on this side of heaven, to create the Constitution, to make it possible that we all may be free in the greatest country in the world, and to allow these people to destroy monuments and statues and rewrite the history and replace it with lies and junk, it shows an unappreciation to God for giving us this country. And so I decided to put my little bit in to remind the people of who this country really, really belongs to and how it was founded so that generation after generation to come won't forget. And they are replacing it with so-called street pride or something like that. What is there to be proud about about being wrong? God said we all must be born again. He didn't say we should be proud about being wrong. And now they're going full on with a whole month uh, so-called dedicated to LGBTQ mess. And they uh, imposed it on the children. And then they had that June 10th mess happening there. And it's just one thing after another, man. And this is a bad road to go down because there is no other country like America. And if we lose America, where will we go? Where will the whites go? Because they hate white people yet. They won't leave the white country. They know this country is founded by white men, given to them by God. And if they don't like it, they can always leave. But they would rather destroy it than to build it up or appreciate the white men for making it so great. We can't allow this to happen. we got to start speaking up, James. This is not good. Well, you have done something remarkable here in popularizing July as White History Month, and this goes back a few years uh, with you doing it through your yeah. appearances, uh, obviously your television program and your, your nationally syndicated radio program. So you've done a, a great deal of work on that, and it's very important because, of course, I, I do these things, and uh, we've been called everything but a child of God, of course, you can imagine, uh, being white men who don't back down. But you are a black man who, who loves the truth and uh, who seeks the truth and who propagates the truth but uh, and you mentioned why you you have done it but i just i think it is obviously commendable that you would do that uh, when so few white men are even willing to do that i know it's a shame man and i gotta tell you i, I grew up in alabama i grew up during the jim crow but that did not affect us at all we have families my fathers and mothers mother and my uh, grandparents, and we worked hard, and we would celebrate July. We were not thinking, oh, this is racist, this is slavery, all that crap that they're talking about now. And I still remember those good old days down in Sweet Home, Alabama. I've not forgotten that, man. It was amazing. But they've been lying about the history of that. And then yeah, one of the worst things that ever happened to blacks other than abortion, one of the worst things ever happened to them was the so-called civil rights movement. The here, civil here. rights movement yeah, was a socialist setup. It was a setup. And it, uh, it was a socialism in order to control the blacks, sell them over to the Democrats, and use the black for personal gain. And I'm telling white men, especially white men, but all white people, especially white men, they better start speaking up because America is quickly becoming South Africa. White people gave over South Africa to the blacks, and it, it, it's so bad, man, I'm afraid to go over there. 
and then the white people went out to the to the farmland thinking that it'll be okay they would be okay out there and the blacks are going out there robbing and raping and stealing and killing and burning and that's what's happening in America now right now America is being recreated in South Africa's image and white men better get the courage to speak up get involved run for office so they can get those people out of there before it's too late. The numbers, the days are, are, are short now, and the government want a civil war. White people cannot afford to do a civil war because they're going to lock you up and take away all your freedom. Black people are already slaves, so there's nothing to lose for them. Keith, I want you to yeah. say something to that because I know it's something, but I just want to remind people we're at the halfway point already in our conversation with Jesse Lee Peterson tonight. Be sure to check out jessieleepeterson.com. <laughs> you can get white his, well, let's skip that break. You can get White History Month merchandise at jessileepeterson.com. It is what July is, and he explains it all there. But, it, Jesse, you really are a courageous, outspoken critic of the so-called civil rights establishment today. I mean, we have people like – I mean, and, and you are a, a, a very rare breed. I mean, Zola Foster was another one. She was a friend of mine, a guest of my yeah. home when she was running with Pat Buchanan. She's gone home now, so we got to keep you healthy. But, Keith, I know this he's, he's pushing your buttons right now. This is your stuff. Well, Jesse, I'm a little long in the tooth like you are, and I remember living in segregated South, okay? And yeah. I would say with the possible exception of the talented 10th that are the beneficiaries of all this affirmative action and whatnot in the black community, most blacks had a much better environment to live in under segregation yeah. in the South yeah. than they do today. 100%, man. And in all honesty... Due to the hatred of the black, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most black people hearts, and due to a government that wants to control us, we the people, we're more segregated now in the heart than any other time in the history of America. That's right. Because people hate white people, they're blaming white people for no reason at all. They're accusing white people, they want to wipe them out. Whites are, uh, whites are being robbed, raped, and murdered, and... I mean, just all breaking in homes. They're going into the suburbs and breaking into white people's cars and homes, and nothing is being done about it, man. It wasn't like that when uh, when I was growing up. It wasn't like that even under Jim Crow. It wasn't like that. Black people were not acting see, that way. They didn't hate white people. They were not blaming others. Well, you had all strata of the black society living in the black neighborhood, upper class, middle class, lower class. The upper class wasn't going to tolerate their uh, neighborhood turning into a criminal cesspool. So what we did yeah. here in Memphis is they assigned black cops, black beat cops, to the black neighborhoods because uh, that's what the black people wanted. Of course, black cops are reputed to be more brutal to black people than the white cops were, but that's what they wanted. And you had... You didn't see people with their underwear showing, running around. You didn't have all this criminality going on. You had all these black businesses back then that were operating. Yep. People have no idea what they lost by going along with the uh, civil rights movement. It was, it, it was a formula for the destruction of the black family. Most black kids back then grew up in intact families with a father present. A quick comment on that, Jesse, or a response, rather, and then I want to move on to one more topic. You are absolutely right about that, and that's what needs to be happening now. We, we need to restore the, the family. Men need to return to God. 
so that with the, with the help of God, he would guide them how to uh, lead their wives and their children in the right way to go. And there's no, there's not a lot of talk about restoring the family, and we definitely need the order of God back. God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman, and woman over children. Nothing else is going to work but that. Because that's God's way, and you can't, God will not be mocked. And you can learn more That's about right. this, uh, the faith-based element of this, which is obviously a foundational element at jessileepeterson.com. As I mentioned, it's, just, it's only a, a three-hour show. <laughs> so we were talking about the background and the, uh, the different things that Jesse is and that Jesse does, but that, that, is, that, that is one part of it. And you can get his church services and sermons there as well. But let's, uh, let's survey the current landscape, Jesse. I was looking back in preparation for your appearance tonight at some of the appearances you've made on this program over the years and what we were talking about at the time. And even as recently as your last appearance, uh, which, which was just, uh, I don't think it was last year, I think it was the year before last, you, I don't think we could have foreseen this fad, uh, this new egalitarian, radical egalitarian movement of so-called transgenderism. Here you have now uh, doctors mutilating the bodies of young boys and girls, mass psychosis of people pretending to be the opposite gender, the media attacking anyone who doesn't play into this big pretend, men dressed as women, uh, dominating female sporting events. We've got the pronouns. Uh, what is going on? What is this? Hell on earth. You know, James, <laughs> the last time we talked, had you asked ask me would, would it get to this point, I would have said, no. said no. I can imagine that. There will be on the forefront in America, a Christian nation, and on the forefront that these people try to pretend men in women clothes and women in men clothes, cutting off body parts and pretending that a boy is a girl, is a girl is a boy. I never imagined, Jane, for a second that when we spoke again, this would be in the forefront of what's happening in our country. But when I understand evil, and uh, this should have been stopped a long time ago when these people wanted to impose themselves upon America. This should have been stopped right then because if you don't stop evil within yourself and overcome it by returning to the Father or stop evil outside of others and go along with it, this is what happens. It only gets worse. And evil's whole job is to destroy. And that's what's happening with these children and everything else. But, and I'll make this short, James, for you, but what, what is more surprising than promoting this evil stuff is that the mothers and the fathers are allowing this to happen to the point that the mothers yes. who have these children, they are married, they are unwilling to stay home and raise the man's children. They are on an ego trip. They love their ego more than they love their own children because if they love their children, they will stay home and raise the children and teach them at home. And then this mess will end, but they'll rather use the schools as a daycare center, even if, as if it means cutting off the body parts of the children. Because they can't do it if the kids are not there, but the mothers won't stay home and raise the man's children nowadays. Well, Jesse, this is Keith. Let That's me a great just point. say this. I'm glad the left has gone a bridge too far. I'm glad they've well, gone Keith, this Keith, this was something that was talked about by a friend of ours before the show started, and we were sitting around in the green room. He said that uh, we, we, it was the good old days when the Democrats were just Marxists and uh, communists. Now they're flat-out Satanists, and right. I think that's what you're about to touch on. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's so obvious to everybody now how evil liberal is. I've always said liberalism is the modern face of evil. 
But trying to turn sexual perversity into civil rights, I think, is ter- waking up a lot of people, not only in America, but through the world. Why do you think people are trying to turn to Russia and China for leadership rather than America? Because they don't want gay pride parades in their nations. They do not want homosexuality to run rampant in their, na- in their communities and whatnot. But who do you blame? We, we all agree that the schools are wrong. And the doctors who are promoting the wrong. But who do you blame, the parents or the schools? Well, I blame Jewish power and influence, quite frankly. That's what the driving force was behind the civil rights movement, the homosexual rights movement, the feminist movement, climate change, all of these things. Without their intelligence, their money, their networking uh, capabilities, and their media control, none of this liberal agenda that you and I have lived through since the 1950s on would have amounted well, to a hill of Well, this gets back to a big debate that we have here, Jesse, in a, in a conversation that is uh, open-ended. And if you ask a good question. I say the buck has to stop with white men. White men were the ones who surrendered the yeah. power. White men were the ones who have allowed this to go on. I well, mean, they, they certainly didn't do it. Well, uh, they were beaten down. All right. I well, whatever, some, whatever the case, what's the, what's the Look, solution, Jesse? Let's know. get to that. Keith, I want to know, God said to the parents, the father and the mother are responsible for their children. Teach your children in the right way to go, and when they go out into the world, they will not be subject to evil. And so I want to know, if the parents didn't send their children to these places, could their children be hurt? Well, you're right. I I can tell you this, what has happened in the South. Everything, if you look at every liberal movement since the end of World War II, the Civil Rights Movement, all of that, they all have one thing in common, which is the reduction of white birth rates. Well, anyway, I will tell you this with regards to race relations, and which is the, you know, certainly something we're touching on right now. It would be a totally different ball game if the black community looked to men of truth like Jesse Lee Peterson instead of the pimps and the hustlers. We mentioned one earlier by name, Mr. Martin, who make a living by whipping up hatred. I think we can all agree on that. So, yeah, he's definitely uh, but, but the, hatred. That's would but this whole new frontier with transgenderism i mean people are so confused i do believe that there's a demonic element in play here and uh, what's what's the end game i'm going to ask you a two-part question what should our people be doing jesse to remedy the the current malaise and um what's next for jesse lee peterson i got a call from beverly hills yesterday and I said, I'm not going to answer that one. I don't know who's going to be calling for Beverly Hills, but it's actually one of Jesse's associates setting up the interview for tonight. Uh, but I thought you were moving to Florida. So that's the two-part question. What's the prescription and what's next for Jesse Lee Peterson? Without a doubt, white men and black men, men of this country, need to return to the Father. We must be born again of God. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I can promise you, if the men return to the Father and, and overcome fear, and anger, we overcome anger, you overcome fear. The power of God is within us, and he will guide us, and he will give us the strength to return the country back to good. Also, they need to take back their families, man. Get involved in the government. Vote out these people who hate God, who hate America, who hate the family. And we need to stop, you know, not blaming everybody else for our fault. I don't blame anyone for anything I've had to go through because it's only got me, with the help of God, I got wiser and better for it. 
we need to stand up like the men did, the white men did, who founded and created this country. They went through hell. It wasn't easy, but they didn't give up. And likewise, white men and black men who love this country got to stand up and just say no, stop voting all these women in office, and instead you run for office, get all these angry black men and women and liberal white uh, men and women out of office and put conservative um, uh, God-fearing Christian men in there, and I guarantee you this country will come back together like not to go nor, but you got to overcome fear. You can't be afraid of being called names. You can't be afraid yeah. of what you're going to lose. That's right. We have to love what's right with all our heart, soul, and might, and God is with us. I, th- I agree with you on all of that, Jesse. I wonder, though, and I am of the belief now that we may be too far gone for it to ever come back in a in a yeah. United States type of way. I think balkanization may be the future of this country on on red and blue lines. But nevertheless, nevertheless, I am thankful for you. I am thankful for the many years we have collaborated together. And uh, what is next for Jesse Lee Peterson? With just seconds remaining, I would remind everybody, jessieleepeterson.com for your White History Month uh, apparel and to learn more about his work and to support his work with Bond and uh, the programs and everything else. But what's next for Jesse Lee? Well, I've got a few traveling speaking engagements coming up down in Florida and different parts of the country. And we're still doing our radio. We have an entrepreneur academy where we're teaching men how to start businesses. But we're also uniting them with their family so they can forgive their fathers and mothers and encouraging them to get married before starting this and overcome, man. We got to get men back in order. We got to push the family again. We got to encourage men. But I really, really want to encourage the white men. They got to overcome fear and stand up for what is right before it's too late because if they don't, they're going to take away all of our freedom. And we'll all be enslaved. Hey, Jesse Lee Peterson, Reverend Peterson, it's always great to talk to you. We will talk to you again soon. I would love to have you back on the show. And uh, keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, fight. fight. I will. A happy white history month to you guys. Hey, you too. You too. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Varnash. Police in Georgia are searching for the suspect in connection to a shooting that left four dead in a town about 30 miles south of Atlanta. Authorities have identified the suspect as Andre Longmore, who they say is in his mid-50s. President Biden is spending the weekend at Camp David along with First Lady Jill Biden. The visit to the presidential retreat in the Maryland mountains follows a whirlwind trip to Europe where Biden took part in the NATO summit. On Friday, the president's re-election campaign reported raising $72 million in the second quarter. That topped the combined fundraising totals of former President Trump and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the leading candidates in the Republican presidential primary. I'm Julie Ryan. The White House is criticizing House Republicans for hijacking the annual defense bill with conservative amendments. Congressional Republicans added a number of last-minute amendments to the measure, limiting abortion and inclusion initiatives. The administration is defying the Supreme Court when it comes to student debt forgiveness. The U.S. Department of Education announced in a press release Friday that more than 804,000 Americans will be automatically forgiven over $39 billion in student loan debt in the next few weeks. The new debt forgiveness plan comes only weeks after the Supreme Court rejected President Biden's more expansive forgiveness plan, which was ruled as illegal under federal law. 
USA News, I'm Tim Berg. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is said to be in good condition after being rushed to a hospital on Saturday. Netanyahu released a video statement later in the day saying it was likely a case of dehydration after spending time with his wife in the Sea of Galilee. Heat is a problem in the USA as well, as dozens of cities could break records by Monday, including several topping triple digits. This is USA News. When you can find everything you need at prices you can afford, that's totally Target. It's that feeling when quality good and gather ingredients on the barbecue bring family around the table. Or when favorite day after practice snacks let you celebrate the whole team for less. It's when saving more on up and up sunscreen means more fun in the sun. And when Target Circle Rewards program gives you more perks on what you buy most and is always free to join, that's totally Target. The Dell Technologies Black Friday in July event has arrived with limited quantity deals on top tech to power any fashion. Save on select XPS PCs and more powered by the latest Intel Core processors. Plus, get savings on select monitors and accessories, free shipping, and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Save today okay. by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Offered to U.S. residents by WebBank, who determines qualifications for and terms of credit. A song we would like to dedicate uh, tonight to Jesse Lee Peterson, a native of Alabama, now living in California, perhaps soon to be living in Florida, and also <laughs> Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville, which we'll talk about why he's in the news again this week in just a moment. James Edwards and Keith Alexander always like talking to Jesse. I mean, we go back a long way, uh, but to have a black man who, you, well, you just heard what he had to say. He, he's just, one of the good guys. He really is. We've had enough time and experience with Jesse that, you know, we realize that he is the real McCoy. What he's talking about as a black man having been born during Jim Crow and that it was a superior culture and experience to what they have now in the in the black community. I mean that's just uh, that's that's just an amazing thing and it's refreshing and um, and he's honest. He is honest and it's always good to talk to him. Well, anyway, also out of Alabama this week, here's the headline. GOP Senator Tommy Tupperville disputes defining white nationalists as racists. And I'll read now from the article. Tupperville was asked to clarify radio remarks. He was on with uh, this new tart on CNN that interviewed Donald Trump. I can't even remember her name, Caitlin something. Uh, to clarify remarks he made back in May uh, when he appeared to defend white nationalists by suggesting that they shouldn't be barred from serving in the military. All right, so the story continues. Out of Washington, Senator Tommy Tupperville, Republican out of Alabama, doubled down on his belief that a white nationalist is simply an American, quote-unquote, taking issue with a CNN host's assertion that all white nationalists are, by definition, racist. Now, this gets back to something Peter Brimelow talks about. They use all of these things interchangeably, white nationalist, white supremacist, racist. Tuberville made the comments 
uh, in an interview on CNN's The Source, here it is, with host, should be host S, Caitlin Collins, when he was asked to clarify remarks he made in a radio interview in May when he appeared to defend white nationalists by suggesting that they should not be barred from serving in the military. He accused Democratic lawmakers of engaging in identity politics by using the term white nationalist as, quote, just another word that they want to use other than racism, end quote. And he's right about that. Collins, however, pressed Tuberville again about whether he believes that white nationalists should be able to serve in the U.S. military. Quote, a white nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races, end quote. That's the a quote from the Caitlin Collins, the CNN hostess. Which is wrong, by the way. Tuberville took issue with her definition, saying that it was, quote, some people's opinion, end quote. My opinion of a white nationalist, this is Tommy Tuberville speaking, is some, if someone wants to call them a white nationalist, to me is an American. It's an American, end quote. Tommy Tuberville said. Tuberville then said, if you're going to do away with most white people in this country out of the military, then we got a huge problem. Well, he's absolutely on point with that comment. You know, if the new multicultural, uh, homosexual-laden, uh, soy-boy-laden, lesbian-laden military is what we have to represent us if we have a war, we get into a war with the Chinese or the Russians, which we're hearing about daily. We're in a world of hurt. The backbone of the American military ever since the Civil War has been white Southerners. The best generals, the best uh, the, the, the people that won medals of honor and stuff like that, predominantly from the South. And if you're going to prohibit those people from serving in our military, there's no one to replace them as far as a warrior class in America. So, you know... It's, it's a crazy mixed-up world in which the people that they're going to depend on in order to fight a war are not wanted in the military. And, that, and Tuberville, you know, I was very skeptical about Yeah, well, it's first. interesting because he was the inferior candidate for the Alabama uh, Senate election, is inferior to Roy Moore, who was the guy that I wanted to see. But And Tuberville came across in his campaign as sort of, you know, one of these... Chamber of Commerce type. Yeah, Republican, but, I mean, he's the one now. And even though he did, and to be fair, and to give you the complete context, he did sort of say in the interview, well, if they're racist, he's basically saying, I'm for white nationalists, but I'm against racists, and if they're racist, then I'm 100% against that. But nevertheless, he's normalizing the idea of white nationalists equals American, which, look, I don't even use the term white nationalists. I'm a white advocate. I'm a white guy who's normal. I, I don't hate myself. I, I stand up for my people and my culture and my beliefs, my heroes and my faith. I mean, call me anything but late for dinner, right, Keith? But I'm just saying he is he is he has to, and he has been absolutely skewered by the media and by his own party and, and of course by the Democrats who are taking advantage of this. But but to uh, well here's here's another exchange. She doubled down. Caitlin Collins of CNN, a white nationalist is a racist senator, and then he responded, "Well, that's just your opinion." Well. She's wrong. A white supremacist is what she was describing. A person. But they use that interchangeably. That's something that anybody's been called a white nationalist and a white supremacist in the media, as I have for so many years. And Peter Brimelow said that they use it interchangeably. That he's exactly right. A white nationalist is a person that wants a white nation. Okay, so let's use terms properly. The left wants to conflate anything negative with white people, and Tommy Tuberville at least has enough gumption left to not take that lying down. What we have to remember... What would you say is the good that came of this? Well, what came of it that was good was that somebody stood up to the left-wing 
hegemony over our news and over our commentary on the mainstream or legacy media. And he didn't cave immediately when uh, defending white nationalists as Americans and saying if you lose white people out of the military, we're going to have a big problem. Uh, A lot more than you would expect from a senator. I mean, a senator is a lot more than a congressman. I mean, a senator is pretty He's doing another good thing, too. He is preventing the promotion of all of these, uh, you know, sexual perverts for lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah, now talk about that. Give and, me 30 and, seconds on that because he's the one that's mucking it up for him. Yeah, he is stopping about 200 promotions in the armed services. How but, is he doing that? He's doing that by not allowing the Senate to confirm their uh, not the, the people that they want to promote. And without the Senate's approval, they can't go forward with it. So, you know, he's in a strategic position, and he's standing up for our people in that regard. We need to, look, America's military, if you get rid of the Southern white guys, regardless of what they believe, you are going to put the military in an unwinnable position in any war they find. Well, it, interestingly, white men should not be joining the military. You know, that's another topic, Absolutely. and you know that. But, but, but I'm just saying, but yes, I mean, to the point, and here you have a, a sitting United States senator basically defending the term white nationalists. Like, white nationalists are Americans to me, and he's right. And uh, so there's that. Now, and it's not just that. I mean, things are happening. So you have Steve King, former congressman, uh, been on the show several times, was on just two weeks ago again. Uh, we know his comments, his history, uh, his appearances on this show. You have uh, Tulsi Gabbard, a former congresswoman uh, or congressperson, <laughs> I guess, whatever you want to call him, and a 2020 presidential candidate uh, who announced, obviously, a few months ago that she was leaving the Democratic Party. She said in this, now listen to this, this is former Democratic congressperson uh, Tulsi Gabbard, quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness. And then she added the additional accusation of saying that the Democrats, quote, stoke anti-white racism, end quote, and that they are contemptuous towards religion and police and driving the country closer to nuclear war. So now, I mean, now we're talking about not just one sitting senator, but a couple of former congressmen. We didn't have any kind of support like this on our issues. People speaking out in this way when the show started. That was a long time well, you ago. You see how the left attacks them instinctively when they say anything that in the mildest sort of way contradicts their storyline on, you know, who should be in the military what the military is in America today. What we need to do is have more and more people standing up and defying them. They will stop covering them altogether if they do that. But this is where the left, like I said, they have overplayed their hand, and I'm glad they have because this is waking up a lot of people that before were able to kind of tune them out. Now when they're going directly against God's law and God's word regarding sexuality, I think you're waking up a lot of people that would rather not get involved, but they can't go along with that. And because of that, our side of the argument is gaining adherence. You know, we could not have done, we could not have been growing the way that the right has been growing over the past several years had it not been by the, because of these strategic blunders. And that's what they are, they're blunders. On behalf of the left, the left is alienating good people and Christian people everywhere. And if you're not offended by them, you're not paying attention to them. All right. So overall, how much does this latest flap in the media help 
Well, it's good. Popularizing and normalizing. Well, see, they Caitlin Collins thought she was going to intimidate Tommy Tuberville and getting him to back up on his – Because she's di- following up it. on comments he made in May just last week. And this is an interview that happened a few days ago. Guess she's what? dragging up something he said in May. Well, Caitlin, Tommy Tuberville will call a spade a dirty <laughs> show, okay? I wouldn't say he's quite that strong, but he's stronger than most uh, that you could expect out of uh, the Senate. <laughs> That's all relative. Uh, but it was um, it, it, it was definitely an assist, no matter how you slice it. We'll be back right after this. Stay it's tuned not what she was looking for. To Jesse Lee Peterson and Tommy Tuberville, Sweet Home, Alabama. Stay tuned. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. she's doing tonight but you'll never have to wonder what we're doing on saturday night because what is it keith well hold on a minute your your mic's all gone okay what's happening is we're on the liberty news radio uh network producing and uh projecting out the political cesspool radio show every saturday night come rain or shine and what do you know about tommy boyce and bobby hart 
There were two song, professional musicians. I knew you would studio, know the answer. I didn't even plan this. Stu- studio uh, musicians that, uh, like so many of them, uh, had some uh, good pop songs back in the 60s. Like, uh, you know, there were, uh, for example, the Electric Prunes had, were likewise uh, studio musicians that got together and formed a group. That's what they were, Tommy Boyce and uh, Bobby Hart. All right. Well, anyway, we love that kind of stuff. The Big Kahuna is in the studio tonight. Uh, this is a rare thing to have the network owner actually be in our local studio. He has literally descended from the high mountaintops of Salt Lake City uh, to come to the delta of Memphis, and he is here with us he, now. He did not bring two tablets of laws with him, but he well, he lays down the law every week from with the mountain. Him, believe me. But no, Sam Bushman is in the studio. We're going to get him mic'd up for the second hour. This has been an incredible week. Now everybody knows we were at Dixie Republic last week uh, for the South Carolina live broadcast. Everybody loves those shows, uh, but uh, we have had a whole week of travels. And uh, earlier today, we heard Robert F. Kennedy Jr. speak. We have met with a lot of interesting people this week at the Freedom Fest. And uh, Sam was there with a booth, and we sort of cased out the scene a little bit. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes on the life and times and travels of Sam Bushman in the second hour. And that's coming up. And I took a lot of notes during Kennedy's speech today. And I'm going to tell you my takeaways. He's going to tell you yours. I mean, as interesting as the show has already been with Jesse Lee Peterson on, it's only going to continue to get more interesting in the second and third hour. And we're going to have a little roundtable, a lot of fun in the third hour with uh, Eddie the Bombardier Miller and Keith and Sam and I and uh, we're just going to have a, it. The party continues. It was a party show last week. We're still partying. It's been a week-long party. Uh, but, Keith, uh, we've got 10 minutes this segment, about eight minutes remaining. Give me a, a two-minute reminder, and we covered this extensively on the show at the time of the grisly murder, but remind everybody of the story of Eli- uh, the, 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 excuse me, the death of Eliza Fletcher. Eliza Fletcher was a kindergarten teacher by vocation. She lived in Central Gardens at the corner of Carr and Willette. Right here in Memphis. This made she national news. She was also news. a accomplished long-distance runner. She was going. She had qualified for the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, things like that. And young wife, that, young mother. That's right. Uh, had uh, two uh, children, I think, under five. And like Eddie Miller has told us, who also runs in marathons. If you want to keep up and be fit to run a marathon, you can't just go out and run every so often. You have to run at least 10 miles a day. Well, she had marked out her 10 miles, which was from her home on Willette. She turned left on Central, went to the end of Central where her church, Second Presbyterian Church, was and came back. She did that in the early morning because she thought that would be safer than the evening, and she couldn't do it in the middle of the day because she had a job. Well, she was doing that, unfortunately, in September when she was attacked by a black career criminal named Cleotha Abstin or Cleotha Henderson, depending on, you know, which one you uh, choose. It was caught on camera. They tracked him down because of DNA on his sandals. He and a guy a week later named Ezekiel Kelly, who started killing white people randomly going through Memphis, Both would not have been out but for Trump's Criminal Justice Reform Act, which was passed in the last days of his uh, presidency. And they 
he did that be, at the urging of his traitorous brother, son-in-law, Jared Kushner. All right. All right. You're giving us almost too much detail. That's all fantastic content and background. We did cover the death. I mean, it was a national news story. It was the biggest news story in the country, one of the biggest in the world when it happened because Eliza Fletcher, not only was she a young mother and wife and a kindergarten teacher, she was the heiress of a grocery fortune. A billionaire in her own right. Yes, exactly. And she, and so she was one of the Memphis elite that was just violently murdered and abused, and I don't even want to get and, into and everything. And the important thing, too, to note about that is she was not running through the ghetto. She was running in the so-called safe part of town. But right. the safe part of town out. is no longer so safe. Well, and the people in the ghetto have cars, and so this is it. And so her murderer traveled there and then did all of these heinous that's things. That's very much like the new thing that happened. Also making national news this week, uh, Dr. Benjamin Mock. Uh, this is a doctor, a 43-year-old, brilliant ortho uh, pediatric orthopedic surgeon uh, who specialized in hands and wrists. Hands and wrists. This was a doctor, a 43-year-old white doctor with two young children and a wife, and he is murdered in his clinic in the exam room in front of a nurse by a 29-year-old black male who shot him in the head, uh, the chest. chest, and the abdomen, and murdered there. And he was in the safe part of town. And, and, but here, here, yeah, he was in a very nice clinic, a clinic that both Keith and I knew. Not only do we know this clinic, Keith and I both knew this doctor. And when I say I knew him and that Keith knew him, did we know him personally? No. But we, he had... He had uh, one of my sons broke his finger in a basketball practice, and it was Dr. Mock that treated him. All right. And then on my end, uh, my youngest daughter, Caroline, she's two. When she was born, her thumb was fixed at a 90 degree angle she could not bend her thumb and we took him to her and he got it all squared away so uh, we had both used him as a doctor we both had met him and knew him in that uh, professional capacity and so here you have now this brilliant young surgeon this is making national news and i knew when it came out i said well that's just very strange first of all when my wife saw who it was she said oh my god you're not going to believe this and then she showed me she was, you know, shaken up about it because we'd met him just a few months ago. It was just it was all just a few months well, ago. He was celebrating. He won awards. He won uh, commendations and whatnot. But here's the, but and, and then after his death, which made national news, they, they were about 24 hours before they released even the name of the suspect. Now, when it's a white on black murder like Dylan Roof, they go retroactively in time and, and plant the story before the murder even happens. So when it was 24 hours, like, well, that's pretty fishy. I'm starting to get the hang of it. And then after 48 hours, you finally found out it was this 29-year-old black man. And they still, a week later, have not released a motive. And if it had been a white man shooting a black doctor, they would have immediately jumped to the conclusion that white racism was involved. See, that's the two-tiered system of truth in the legacy media that we face today every day. Our fact checker, and it's important to get facts right here, unlike the rest of the news, the establishment news, uh, they lie with impunity, and they never bother to correct it. Uh, our fact checker, Mr. Hamblin, has corrected me. It was not a grocery fortune that Eliza Fletcher inherited. A hardware fortune. Correct. As we want to be, even in the, the, the details, we want to be accurate. But nevertheless, uh, but so the, both of these stories, both of these stories, Keith, Eliza Fletcher and this, this young doctor, Dr. Mock, to two elites uh, that uh, were gunned down by the denizens in the so-called safe part of town. Uh, but what is the media? It's received worldwide global attention. Both these murders have, but they're leaving out pretty important aspect and element of it, which is the race of the perpetrator of the crime. For example, 
what happened with Eliza Fletcher? How did Eliza Fletcher's murder become a big issue in the national media? Because she was an heiress, and this guy because he was well, a doctor, and otherwise it would have been just another well, black-and-white well, murder that gets pushed under the rug and that nobody talks about. Well, one more thing, too. If you watch things like the Lifetime Channel or uh, these true crime shows on television, you think that 75% of the murders that happen in America today are committed by white businessmen. They thought they finally, <laughs> they finally thought they had found a real-life situation where they could blame a white man for it. They thought that this husband had arranged for somebody to kill his wife, and they were just ready to go with that. And then it turned out that that was not the case, and they found out who the real uh, murderer was, and the leftist media was just squirming. They were in fits, basically, trying to get away from this story, but the story had legs of its own. Tucker Carlson reported on it. All sorts of other conservative commentators jumped on it. They finally got it off the front page, about a week later when Queen Elizabeth died, and they used that as a way to uh, basically push Eliza Fletcher's murder off of the show, uh, off of the front pages. But see, they would never, if they had known the way it was going to turn out, you would never have heard of Eliza Fletcher. They thought they were going to be able to uh, blame At first the they were saying honking. it was a husband maybe having an affair. I mean, there were some rumors about that, and then all the truth came to light. And then this doctor, it was going to be a script from... But this um, doctor, this is a crazy thing, because you've got this, this black man. One article said he didn't have a criminal record. Another article said he stabbed his stepfather in the gut four times. I don't know how, how he got over How do you not get a criminal record Another saying, that? well, he's, uh, he's mentally ill. Well, you know, if you say a white... Gunman is mentally ill. Well, no, no, no. It's always about racism when it's white. If it's black, well, they're mentally ill. He's mentally ill. I mean, it didn't have anything to do with with anything oh, except yeah, his mental no illness. culpability here, right? Well, that's what you said. They wanted to what release him of culpability. Yeah, they wanted to say that you know you can't blame this black guy for his heinous criminal activity. Okay, but they didn't ever consider Dylan Roof might have been criminally ill or mentally ill. But it, it never, nevertheless, we know how the narrative changes uh, when they mix and match the different people and parts and so on and so forth but this is a an interesting thing and it doesn't do anything to sort of salve the question as to whether or not diversity is our greatest strength does it not Keith? well it obviously is our biggest drawback as ann coulter said it's he said where have you seen a society anywhere in history where there was racial diversity in a nation where it was not a big problem well it's a big problem folks and this is just more evidence of that fact I hear the music already, so uh, as I say every show, I am repetitive. I'm a creature of habit. It's a fast hour of talk radio, was it not, everybody? Jesse Lee Peterson, jessieleepeterson.com. Yours truly and Keith Alexander covering a couple of the big stories this week that were in, well, one of interest to us, one tragic, uh, of course, in nature, but Tommy Tuverbold and Dr. Ben Mock here, who we both had met and worked with in, in a medical. Had our children, uh, you know. And he was, he was such a nice guy. I mean, I didn't know him well. He wasn't a friend. You understand. Uh, he, he saw our daughter and he tended to her. But came across just incredible bedside manner, incredibly nice, polite, took his time. But it didn't matter to the, his murder. And we still have no idea why he murdered him. But anyway, when we come back, the big kahuna. <laughs> He's got a new nickname. Sam Bushman, and we're going to take you behind the scenes on a week of travel together. Stay tuned. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. 
Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to the Political Cess Pool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607 203 Five, four, two, three. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Sam Bushman, the one and only Sam Bushman. I was with him a week ago tonight. I'm still with him now. He's been on the road for uh, a, almost two weeks, and it's a trip. No longer. Well, you've been all over the place. I went home for one day, the 4th of July, and I was gone before that. I've been gone since the 27th of June. So since the 27th of June, you've had one day at home. That's right. And on this leg of it, though, you got to Memphis 
On the fifteenth, I mean on the on the fifth. On the fifth, so that right yes, tomorrow sir. be eleven days on That's the fifth. Right. So the trip started in Memphis, uh, and now it's ending in Memphis. But you've had a lot of stops in between. Where have you been since you touched down and we first got into Cahoots? I again? got in the car with James. I was gotten a bunch of wrecks. Got to North Carolina <laughs> or South. Or we went through North we Carolina. We went through North Carolina. Then uh, out of the. Um, Beautiful Smokies into South Carolina to Dixie Republic. Had a phenomenal time at Dixie. Last week. Um, last James week. was talking real slow towards the end. I'd make no <laughs> I got <that>. tired. <laughs> they wear me out. You wear me out. Wait, wait. And then and then uh, I took off. <laughs> I was going to meet my cousin, but she got sick and I couldn't see her, which is a bummer. Then I went to Georgia and I saw my son who lives and works in Georgia. And uh, took him out for his birthday. He turned 22 uh, on the 8th and on the 9th. I took him out for his birthday for dinner, him and his buddies. Spent some time with them. Then I went to Alabama and saw some other family members. Uh, then I met some other people and then rolled back to Tennessee and went to the Freedom Fest event. Freedom Fest. It was pretty interesting indeed, James. All right. So this is it. This leg of the trip was sort of primarily built around Freedom Fest. You had a a booth and a presence there but you added on some other things because dixie republic was so near to that you came in early and you did that and everything else and you just yeah, i wanted all to together. support eddie in his fifth anniversary of his show i wanted to support you and and uh keith and and, and all your show and everything i wanted to spend time with you guys uh, as well as i had some other business that kind of helped pay for the trip all right so freedom fest what is freedom fest and uh, we've been there since wednesday of this week and we've met a lot of interesting people and i have some takeaways you have some takeaways our takeaways are going to be a little bit different uh, but how would you describe it a quick summary is freedom fest started out by mark skousen that's the founder of it uh, and it's a libertarian conference and it's a financial conference that's how it started out and it's just kind of grown and more and more people are involved now conservatives and all kinds of people are joining the mix but it's really a libertarian financial uh, conference it was in the beginning and at its height I've seen it have five six seven thousand attendees uh, but you know what this time coming to Memphis was a dismal mm, I was underwhelmed let's just say it like that I think there was maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred people maybe two thousand if you stretch it people total not there at the same time but total who might have graced the event in some fashion or another right because we went into the main convention hall and the exhibit hall and at no time did I ever see more than one or two hundred people which would put it a little bit less attended than an Amrin conference, which, I mean, Amrin, you know, yeah, stuff but, to the But guild. we did take pictters, and there were some of them where there was like seven, 800 people. Though. But today, today with RFK on the That's Saturday, right. I mean, it, that was the biggest uh, that we saw. It was about 750 people. But uh, but it went from what you said about 6,000 in South Dakota of all places. Yeah, I there wonder... was really five to 6,000 people in South Dakota. I'm telling you, I was there. It was incredible. There was a lot more people. Even in Vegas, there was four or 5,000 people. I wonder what it, what, it, what it was about Memphis that kept people from coming. You just... You don't know if you're going to be safe hitting downtown Memphis, buddy. And it was downtown, although we had a very easy time parking. Uh, the event was nice very well venue. coordinated, very nice venue. Better venue than Vegas, I'll tell you that. Now, I will say this. This was my takeaway, Sam. Uh, what I saw there with the people, with the folks, uh, met some interesting people, talked with a lot of people. I was just there in no official capacity, just there because it was in my hometown, and I was there to case out the scene. Uh, but it, it was definitely libertarian uh, liberty and freedom were going to solve all of the problems. And then a lot of what I call liberal conservatives. <laughs> conservative, I would agree. Conservatives that are quoting Martin Luther King as their exemplar to stick it to the libs and drive 
drive home their points. And, and liberals that kind of say they're awake now and they don't buy the liberal view, but they're not really conservative either. That's right. So it wasn't necessarily our standard, or at least my standard fare. I know it Sam, wasn't mine either. Well, Sam has a, a unique ability to uh, blend in and out of, of, of different crowds and always sort of be the toast of the party. But uh, and, and Sam is... Because uh, I guy, just promote liberty everywhere I go. <laughs> he fits in Even with to the, the liberals, every I promote guest, liberty. And Sam's very consistent. And if they're kind, I be kind. And if they're not, I eat them alive. That's all. But I will tell you that we did talk to some interesting people. Uh, one of the interesting people we talked with was a representative from the organization called FIRE, F-I-R-E. That is the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. And I went up to this uh, booth. I saw they had a booth He was a, a great there. guy, by the way. Oh, he was fantastic. He appeared on your show. But I went up to them and I said, uh, I just wanted to commend your organization. Uh, there was a guy who was a professor who was fired by his university for free speech issues, and it was a guy who a lot of so-called free speech and uh, anti-censorship groups wouldn't have defended. Yes, yeah, sadly did it. they run from. And I said, you know, you got to understand, and I'm sure you probably know, there's a lot of people who say they are free speech absolutists and they are totally against censorship until they're it, not. it reaches the kind of speech or censorship that will cause them a little bit of problem. Uh, and he said, well, who, who was the professor that you're talking about? No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. And he said, where did you say that professor was from again? And I said, it was actually Furman University. He said, oh, you're talking about the guy that went to Unite the Right. And I said, yes. How do you remember that? And uh, the, he, he knew exactly who you're talking he about. He knew exactly. And who he I didn't was, back away. He brought it up. He brought it up. And he said, we will always defend free speech. And I said, yeah, well, it sounds more like Sam Bushman every day. Huh? Now, what about for people who they call white nationalists? What about people who they call white supremacists? Because I am a pro white app. And, I and by the way, I even brought that up on the radio and he didn't back away. Yeah, he said free speech is absolute and it doesn't matter. And he, and he went in. He said, we have right leaning MAGA type people in our organization. We have lesbians. We have Hillary Clinton supporters. He said the one thing we get together on is free speech and it doesn't nothing else matters. He says we always I said will you I said and I talked to him about explicitly white so called white nationalist concerns. He said we will always what, defend these people. This is what I've said for longer than fires even existed, James. Well, that's absolutely right. But here you have, and they did send in a fine letter uh, on behalf of that case. And good so for these that. are honest people, and I'm sure that we would have disagreements. But my, my position on this is, and I think it's wonderful, because I will talk with and work with someone that I agree with on a single issue if, if that's all we've got. Of course, I like people who check more boxes, but, but I, I appreciate that. But I do believe we are too far gone, Sam, for this whole thing. Like, everybody be in favor of freedom of speech. The left is never going to be in favor of that. So, therefore, I think that they're cause is a little bit of a, of a fever dream. Yeah, it's but they are suing happen. all over the place and winning, by the way. They're very well-funded. They are lavishly well-funded. Yes, they, they have done a good job. And they are the winning funding. left and right cases. And I, and I appreciate this. I appreciate this because but they said right, we will not, not back down from a white nationalist or a, a black nationalist. It doesn't matter. None of that ever even enters into the equation. If it's free speech, we're going to defend them. So that, that was one of the people hey, that were... Should we, spit, should we skip the break? Yeah, let's skip this break. Let's skip this break so we can continue, because we're going to get Keith and uh, we're going to bring Eddie on. We're going to have a roundtable. Thank you, Sam. Uh, but that, that was one of the more interesting people uh, that I met with over the course of, of the week. And then you had on, and, and we talked to a gentleman, and I was sort of... Uh, Surprised. Amazed. I, my mouth actually hung open. It was a guy who represented a secessionist movement in New Hampshire. 
And I didn't know who he was, but he was sitting down and talking to you on your program, and you asked him, I mean, because you like to try to test people. You said, what What if they're white? He said, you know, are you a white nationalist? What about white nationalists? He said, well, I like what I look like when I look in the mirror. He didn't back down. He no, played he it off perfectly. And it, But I was interested to know that there was, there represented in, in another booth at the event there this week, uh, a North uh, excuse me, I keep wanting to say North Dakota, a New Hampshire secessionist movement that had actually gotten on the ballot. He said that up to 20% of the voting public in New Hampshire are for secession of New Hampshire from the Union. He said it actually went to a vote in the state legislature. You didn't hear about this. You would only hear about this here. And that 13 sitting state legislatures voted for it. Now, obviously, it was voted down pretty dramatically, but it is already a question they're having. I said, well, what are the issues that they're talking? What are the issues in New Hampshire that people are wanting to secede over? And he listed all of the issues that you might imagine and he was very well informed and that was another one of the more interesting characters we met this week. indeed and believe it or not then i talked to another guy that was from virtually the same thing from texas and texas is even further along the new hampshire in the secession movement texas uh, as you know has their own power grid you got the east power grid the west power grid the texas power grid it's separate uh, they've got a lot of things texas for a uh, slice in history was independent as well after they fought and won against mexico and before they became part of the united states so we do have a history of that texas is further along in the texit is what they're calling it uh, movement uh, is just as far along you know this secession movement james as you know i'm not a secessionist by the way let's be clear but I'm open-minded enough to discuss all issues with all people everywhere. Um, and I have the right to my beliefs, just like everybody else does. But I, I bring this up because I've never seen such talk of that's, secession. That's what I wanted to talk or about. Or such yep. talk of, of, like, the Oregon folks want to leave Oregon and move to Idaho. Whatever your deal is, people are disgruntled and they want out or they want serious change. And it used to be a sideshow discussion. Now, James, it is getting to be mainstream, sir. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because as you know, I am a secessionist, and I believe that the break of America is going to be our only hope and salvation. But you had said that in all the years you've been attending this Freedom Fest, which is, again, other than this year, which was poorly attended in comparison to previous years where they had thousands of people, five, 6,000 people in recent years, that you've never heard secession being brought up, and now you heard several people I, mean, I hear it, it once in a while brought up everywhere I go, but it's rare, and it's, it's, it's usually fringe. This time it was literally almost everybody i mean everybody was talking about it everywhere even on the main stage they hinted yeah. at it all right and this is another area where you and i have a very friendly and cordial and collegial difference of opinion i i think like going back to this organization fire the foundation for individual rights and expression they are doing great work i appreciate their sincerity they stand on principle no matter what i think the 60s would have been a time where an organization like that could have really done a lot of good in this country. They do not move off of their principle. But, uh, but, uh, but again, you have your principles and you go into a struggle or an engagement or a battle with people who have no principles, people like, like our opposition, and you're just going to lose. If Yes, if you could get everybody to operate on principles no matter what their political beliefs are, then that's a different discussion. But you're never going to have that now, and that's why I don't think ultimately that's going to be the solution. The whole idea, and a lot of libertarians are wacky i mean i agree with them on some things you had a guy on today that was a whack job you couldn't even pronounce his name you called him bo diddley he gave you this fake name it just sounded it, they're clownish and it, some of them are sincere some of them are clownish i mean we have our own kooks i guess in our movement but as well but they um with libertarians i mean even they're like they had a presidential candidate what was it, it was some guy that was like dressed up that came into the conference nude or i don't know i mean it's just kind of a mixed bag but i don't think that this this thing that they well, were libertarians talking, are kind of a free for a lot that's all well that's right but this whole idea that freedom and liberty are the answers 
I think we're too far gone for that, Sam. This is something that you and I debate on your show quite often. I just don't think it's going to work. I think the I only understand. way you clean house at this time, you're going to have to have an authoritarian, strong man who's going to have to come here and get the job done. And I understand your point. The, the problem is, and again, we go round about this forever, but the, the problem is is that no one thinks past the points that you make. And I bring up questions, and, every, and no, everybody's eyes glaze over, and they don't have real answers. I'm like a one-man think tank because I bring up the real questions and answers. Um, so I don't know what secession looks like for some of these groups and some of these states and some of these people. I don't know. People haven't thought past the end of their nose when it comes to the discussions about how it would really be carried out and how it would work. Uh, you know, does the United States uh, stand together and crush whoever, like, say, New Hampshire secedes? Do they just crush them and force them to stay like the, you know, Civil War era? Or what happens? How do they secede? How is it successful? How do they create agreements for trade? How do they... You know, how does all that happen? Say you're on the power grid as New Hampshire. You're on the eastern power grid. How do you deal with your own power? How do you? Okay, there's so many fundamental reality questions that we're not even talking about, much less able to embrace, right? That's the problem. Well, this is another you know, situation is you have um, a homogeneous nation. Right? And we go back to this all the time, a nation that is tied together with the ties that bind faith, culture, ethnicity. Yeah, race. We don't have that anymore. And so right. That's the thing. So there's not going to be a, a single solution. I mean, there's you're, yeah, so the question got, is, do we break up in all these different nations that own pieces of the American debt, take their piece? There's the China. There's the whatever, you know, diff, different Jap, Japan has a piece. You know, is it going to be this foreign nations who slice up the land? Is it going to be states who slice up the land based on their state boundaries? Where are the boundaries well, going to be and who's it, it, going to control see, what? these are all difficult questions, and obviously nobody has an answer for that because we haven't gotten to that stage of the conversation, the application stage. But I will tell you this, and I believe this, there is no future for God-fearing people like us in this system. There is a future for Sam Bushman in the Rocky Mountains, though. And you're going you're gonna to guard the pass, right? Darn right. I'll let in the friendlies. I believe you could do it. I the other ones aren't friendlies, man. They better, they better come in peace or not at all. All right. So we don't want to name any names, but uh, right. we did get to rub we elbows some with unique people. some unique people, and uh, we talked about our issues. And they were both taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had one basketball player we talked to, but uh, uh, in any event, uh, there was a uh, – well, I'll bring this up with Keith in the third hour. We'll, we'll talk about it. This it doesn't rhyme with liberty, but it's synonymous. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we had a great time. We rubbed some elbows with some unique people, and we commend them for their efforts and what they do. That's for sure. Well, look, I think it's important. This is what's important is when you have the chance, and the Liberty News Radio Network, the shows on this network, Sam's show, my show, when you're able to get press credentials and you're able to go in and into these events, and it's important to occupy a space, right, Sam? It's important to be able to go up yeah, and see, talk to former presidential candidates, former members of Congress, and, 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 the and thing to is, introduce they yourself. They cannot debate my credibility now, though. I've been in the media longer than most of them. I have credentials that outrank most of them. I mean, I've even developed software for the radio business. I've owned a radio network. I've owned a radio station. I've, I've done more in the radio business than most of these people have ever thought about doing. And so they, they cannot debate my credentials, and that's a little bit of the difference, James. Well, what I, what I was going to say, though, is, well, there's no doubt of that. That, that. that, to me, is needless to be said, but perhaps. Uh, I just want people to understand why I'm able to get into some of those places. Those are the reasons. And you go and you talk to people. And you introduce yourself, and you very articulately and to the best of your ability and to the best of my ability, share with them your beliefs and your concerns. And you find common ground, and you begin to engage in a dialogue. And see, this is very different. This is why I think the work that is being done by this network and by this program and, of course, Sam, by your show 
is so important because a lot of people with with my beliefs don't have access to events like this. They don't get to go up. They don't get to go to the Donald Trump inauguration. They don't get to go to the GOP National Convention. They don't get to go to places like this and talk to the kind of people. And we believe me, we've named a couple of people or a couple of organizations. There are people much more prominent than that that we talked to this week. And I think the next time. It's not a it's it's not a foolproof thing. But the next time somebody reads something about James Edwards, white supremacist, neo-Nazi, they're going to say, well, I, I actually met that guy. He came across as very well spoken and very sincere. And yes, I indeed. didn't really see that. And, and it might just give them pause. I think it is important that we go and we take our beliefs to the elites, to the people who matter and to everyone, but whoever will listen to us and to occupy that space. And that's something that we have been uniquely equipped to do here on this radio network. And that's why when they attack me so belligerently, uh, it's very easy. Uh, so, for example, this Chuck, Ch- uh, Chuck Tanner wacko guy, some of these people from the Southern Poverty Law Center, I mean, they're a clown show. And when people see me at a lot of these big conferences and I rub shoulders with a lot of these different people, they know the truth. Even Donald Trump Jr. knows the truth. Because he was on my broadcast on Super Tuesday, baby. Now, he can disavow us all he wants to, but he knows the truth. He knows he agreed, 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 and offered to stay longer on the show. He if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what he, does. He agreed with everything about immigration when I said I want his dad to be Charlemagne, our Charlemagne. He but- even agreed to stay longer. He did, and and that was the busiest and most important day of the campaign to that point. Now we're going back some morning. He won then, just... and now that he doesn't talk to us, he lost. So come on now, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, that's a good point. But no, no, nevertheless, I think it is important that we take our issues to the people. We're uniquely equipped to do that, and we've been able to do it, I think, effectively for a long, long time. I've been on the air nineteen years, Sam. You've been on twenty six years, and uh, so the work that we're doing here is twenty seven coming up, quite unique, uh, and it's it's been rewarding. But uh, yes, I do believe it is important to go and to talk. That you can't stop a cuck from cucking. If they're going to know who you are, have well, an will. idea of who you are, a lot of them are going to throw you under the bus. But I think increasingly now. Especially with organizations like the SPLC, let me say this very quickly. Now, there's you know you've got even people like Ted Cruz saying the the, the SPLC is a terrorist organization. The SPLC is associated with terrorism. Half of the states attorneys general in in the various states of of this this union have condemned the SPLC as you know a hate group, as a radical leftist group. And then you say, well, okay, so they're condemning this. It's almost become a badge of honor. Now people are saying, now mainstream <laughs> Republicans are saying, if you're not condemned by the SPLC, yeah, there's something not going. Something right. They say, well, the SPLC condemned James Edwards. Well, I actually met him, and uh, he came across as normal. I think I'm not going to believe that. But you know what's interesting? The liberals have come on my show, uh, and they've even agreed. After, at the end of the show, I always make sure that I say this to them. I say, you know what? It's been a fantastic time. James, thanks for being with me. Will you come back? And they always say yes, because they did have a great time. Then they disavow me. But the funny part about them disavowing me is I have sound bites where they're agreeing to come back. Well, this is, this is it. But I think that that's changing, though. What's changing is, yes, they agree with you until the media tells them that they shouldn't. And then, yeah. they, then they get scared. And then they do, they, they do the, the, the wimp shuffle. I never do that. Well, you never have. You, you have been like the fire people. You have been an absolute stalwart. Even if we don't agree on everything, you right. 100% stand on principle. Whereas we don't have to agree don't. on everything, James. You have your own thoughts and beliefs and conscience, and so do I. And we're entitled to that. That's the American principle, my friend. I was wondering why I didn't get to play the second doo-wop song, but I forgot we skipped the break. I was like, well, I yeah, got this doo-wop song. You can right. play it right now. <laughs> we'll just doo-wop we'll get it, out we'll get for a minute. Break. We can't skip any more breaks because we're, we're limiting the doo-wop, and we don't want to do that. But um, any any event, no. But so that was that was Freedom Fest. So the last week. thing I want to say about Freedom Fest though is I believe that these big events like this 
are starting to go away. Even Donald's not getting the people to come out that he once had. Uh, I believe these uh, this, the time for these events are starting to be over, James. And why is that? Because this was poorly attended, certainly uh, about a fraction of what Because I believe inflation's made it too expensive. That's when one. people go, they feel disenfranchised. They don't get what they came for. Oftentimes vendors and, and people who have booths and uh, you know that kind of stuff, exhibitors don't get the return on their money. We can go on and on and on and on. It's expensive to travel. Um, but I'm telling you right now, I'm convinced that you're, you're going to see the fractionalization of this. And, and, and these um, kind of conferences are, are starting to be a blast from the past. RFK Jr. spoke in Memphis today, and we'll tell you what we heard. Stay tuned. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmesh. A congressman is now saying he didn't mean what he said on the House floor. A white Republican congressman from Arizona said he misspoke during a heated debate on the House floor. Eli Crane was debating Democrat Joyce Beatty, who's black, when he said, My amendment has nothing to do with whether or not colored people or black people or anybody can serve, okay? Beatty immediately called the phrase offensive and inappropriate. Crane says while talking about prohibiting discrimination in the military, he simply misspoke. I'm John Schaefer. Lawyers for former President Trump are trying to delay the investigation, looking into his attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. Trump's attorney asked two courts in Georgia to disqualify Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis from investigating him and reject the special grand jury report that is part of the inquiry. President Biden's re-election campaign is reporting $72 million in fundraising for the second quarter. The Biden campaign, Democratic National Committee, and joint fundraising committees raised the $72 million from April to the end of June and have $77 million cash on hand. Biden is spending the weekend at Camp David. It follows his trip to Europe for the NATO summit. The Reverend Jesse Jackson is stepping down as head of the Rainbow Push Coalition. The 81-year-old former two-time presidential candidate says he's resigning, not retiring, and there's a lot more work to be done. More people are seeking help from a new hotline. Sunday marks one year since the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline took over the phone number 988. Federal officials say there have been around 5 million calls, chats, and texts to the hotline since then. It's an increase of 35% from the days of the old 10-digit number. I'm Jeremy Scott. For the first time since Billie Jean King in 1963, an unseated woman wins Wimbledon. This is USA News. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. When you can find everything you need at prices you can afford, that's totally Target. It's that feeling when quality good and gather ingredients on the barbecue bring family around the table. Or when favorite day after practice snacks let you celebrate the whole team for less. It's when saving more on up and up sunscreen means more fun in the sun. And when Target Circle Rewards program gives you more perks on what you buy most and is always free to join, that's totally Target. 
I'm broken hearted now Since we have parted now My mind wanders now and then Remember then, 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 then. Remember, 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 remember That's it right there. Listen, when I die, I hope by the time I die, they've got some sort of a player that just plays in perpetuity on on eternal repeat Prop songs me up like that. Beside the jukebox, huh? Uh, that is the best music ever made. That is doo-wop music. They had black doo-wop music. They had white doo-wop music. This is one instance where I'm truly colorblind. And Jewish doo-wop music, like you were just singing Neil Sedaka. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this everybody is wants to get on the phone. James. Well, listen, I, I have traveled uh, through about half of the Confederacy with Sam Bushman since uh, in the last 11 days. And of course, uh, when you're in the car that much and that long, uh, the idea of travel music comes up. Now, Sam wants to listen to like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Cheap Trick <laughs> and Bad Company. I want to listen to nah, the Earls I and listen, the I listen to the oldies stuff, too, though. Well, you love doo-wop. Right? I also like country music. I was born in 1980, but this is You don't it. even like country music because you're too young. Well, I like 90s country music. Yeah, you totally. don't know about Hank Williams Jr., though, do you? Uh, All right. I like old music. I don't like old movies. You know, it's just, uh, I like, uh, I don't eat salads. Yeah, like Hank Williams Jr. used to <laughs> sing, I like to have women I never had, right? <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. All right. See, there you go. Back to the oldies, the good, true, innocent <laughs> days. Let's get to, and we'll, we got more doo-wop coming up tonight. I mean, By the way, speaking of the 60s, this ails from the 60s, right? Who? RFK. Uh, when was RFK Jr. born? It had to be no. uh, maybe a little bit older than that. Well, I can look it up. I got the yeah, internet. This you should look it up. Yeah. He was born in, no, he's got to be older than that. He's, a, he's almost 80. Yeah, what are you talking? He wasn't born in 67. No, I was born in 67. <laughs> Come on now. Well, he was born in 1954, the same yeah. year as my dad, who's yeah. in here tonight. So, Everybody's so here tonight. My dad's here, Eddie, Keith. It's the party. <laughs> what I'm getting at, though, is he was a teenager in the 60s, though. Ah, uh, I see. And, yeah, he'd and, probably and, like this music. And, and the other, you know, Kennedys died, right? And he's the uh, All right. survivor, right? Let's talk about him, because yes. we saw him. We were there today as yeah. he spoke in Memphis to sort of cap off this Freedom Fest that you were in town for. And I could have shot a spitball and hit him, by the way. There you, like Donald Trump at the inauguration. But I, would, but I wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, so RFK Jr., he's running for president on the Democratic uh, ticket. He's got about polling about in the 20, 20%, yeah. they say. Ross Perot-esque. All right, so he, here are my takeaways. We'll talk about the... RFK, Let's set the stage a little bit. Well, he hasn't been in politics, really, for the most part. He's kind of stayed out of it. He's very controversial. He has trouble with his voice, and I, don't, I think there was some kind of an accident or he got ill or something. So he's really got a problem with his speaking voice. And I don't mean that to be negative toward, towards him. He's brilliant. He's very intelligent. But it comes across difficult when he speaks. Yes, we did see that. And we're going to talk about him in the grand scheme of things in the next segment with Eddie Miller. But in this segment, we're just going to be breaking down the speech he gave in Memphis today. 
And this was my takeaways from having been there to watch it. He did struggle to speech, as you say. He has a speech impediment. That's not his fault. It was a sort of a stump speech, not a lot of red meat, not a lot to agree with, not a lot to disagree with. He opened the speech by talking about communism versus democracy, freedom and liberty is yeah, the answer. Yeah, he doesn't answer. understand that we're not in a democracy, but that's another topic. <laughs> freedom and liberty is the answer. And and again, I think that works in a homogeneous yeah, place, went, but not so much here. He went so into the here. environment then. Well, and I, got, about I, that. I got it all. I, let me. I'll go through my notes. You, right. you, you you fall. You you tell me everything else. Um, uh, talking about the government is moving further away from the average American. I mean, we can all agree with He's these right. attitudes. Now he did talk about balkanization, or at least he he mentioned it in passing. Balkanization. He hinted at it. Hinted at it. Balkanization will not be a good thing. He said our only hope. Uh, uh, excuse me, balkanization and atomization. He used the word atomization as well. Will not be a good thing. Um, and I think he, he talked about the kind of communities that he grew up in as a young boy. And I was thinking, you know, well, it's a very different world now. His society as a young boy, his community, he talked about going to the local barber shop and they'd have pictures on the wall of local sports athletes and things like that. But he didn't mention what made that society and that community so wonderful or why communities like that are so hard to find now. And then uh, he moved on to talking about you know, free market capitalism. Uh, and the value thereof, the necessity of it. All of that. I mean, it... Uh, you know that doesn't interest me. That's just not again. One he's of the right, things. but it, but it, but it's not right. It's he's not revolutionary. Exactly. Not, it this bring isn't the, the table discussion to where you're like that was incredible. You're cooking with grease now, Sam. That's the thing. I started checking my text messages actually when he started talking about that, and then he talked about the Hudson River being eco sustainable. It used to. He talked about how the Hudson River used to catch on fire because there's so many chemicals and pollutants. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, you know, that's good. At least we have that. At least we have that, right? The Hudson River. Yeah, and I care about the environment. I we do gotta, too. We got to take care of it. But again, I this is not revolutionary. This is not how you get me fired up to think you're going to be president. Exactly. Okay? It's I, just not. Well, this is it. I mean, this is to your point, Sam. I'm glad the Hudson River is still catching on fire. I certainly want to. Uh, I want his president to catch on fire, but that didn't get it done either. I want. Uh, I, I like our rivers to be clean. I, I'm an environmentalist in that way. I want our land and air and you know things to be clean. But you know, it, it's it's. Not the thing that's going to catch me on fire hearing this. Compared to a Pat Buchanan speech when he was running for president in no, 1996, I got, a, I got a quote right here. This is Pat Buchanan in 1996 when he's running for president. Here's a quote. Folks have got to accept the fact that the Confederate battle flag is a badge of honor, bravery, courage, and defiance against overwhelming odds. You've got to respect the valor and honor and brilliance of the Confederate commanders. So now that's a stump speech for a presidential candidate to get me hot. I'll tell you another stump speech. Not only will I lock up Hillary, I'll lock up half the establishment. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> I'm glad you brought and that up. And then actually follow through and do it. All right, listen. So we've, 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 we've talked about some of the things we heard him say. Now, or this, didn't say. this is your point. My my thing is, what are you going to do for me? Trump told us what he was going to do for us. Now, he didn't do any of it, but he told us what he was going to do. He's going to build a wall. He's going to send them back. He's going to lock her up. That's the kind of stuff that got me excited about voting for him. He's going to change libel time. and slander laws. Well, He's he going to go ahead any and get rid of gun-free zones first day. I can keep going. But one of the things that RFK said that did tickle my fancy, he talked about COVID. COVID was there to rob us of our rights. They they they, right. they pushed that to control and censor human behavior. But financial he didn't say how he would change the game. He talked about the financial transactions. Everybody had to go to Amazon to buy, how they were creating a different billionaire a day during COVID. He talked about uh, how they were using it to restrict our movements, our communications, how Haiti and Nigeria fared better in COVID than we did. Talked about closing churches, restricting freedom of assembly. All of that's good. He talked about the danger of, of 
technology and AI. GPS. But he highlighted that he was aware of it, but he didn't really change the game or say what he was going to do different. He did mention that uh, he did speak unfavorably about the FBI, CIA, NSA, uh, talked about the dangers of AI, face, facial recognition, cell phone, listening into everything we do, low-altitude satellites. I, I would say overall we'd be better off with him. But, but uh, as let far me tell as you the speech, classic plan of the I'd mainstream. I'd give it a five, a five out of ten. Here's the classic plan of the mainstream. I'll tell you everything that's wrong, but I'll never tell you how to solve it. All right, give me your takeaways from what you heard today. Exactly the same as you, but like I say, all the problems will be pointed out. We can all identify with the problems. Woe is us. But where are the solutions? What is he going to do to change the game? What is he going to do to turn it around? He ended by talking about the Constitution, which I really appreciate because I am a constitutionalist uh, and I am a restorationist. And, and okay, so he did pay homage to the Constitution, said that it was valuable and necessary, and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, I don't know at the end of the speech, if I'm going to vote for him for president, what actions would he take and who would he surround himself with? And he gave me none of that. Yeah, it was a, it was a speech that offended, didn't really offend anybody, didn't really light anybody up. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It didn't. I, I, I left with as many questions as answers. I mean, I, I certainly agreed with some of the things he said, but a lot of the stuff was just sort of platitude. It was more good than bad. Yeah, it was more good than bad. But as a whole, though, here's the question. If you walk in and you don't know who he is and or if you're not sure if you're going to vote for him, you should leave knowing who he is and that you will vote for him. And that did not happen. Now, a uh, friend of ours just said, go to his website, look at his platform. Yes, we are going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all of that in just a minute because and his I'm going platform. To take on, I'm going to take on half his platform. His, first uh, off, he, first oh, off, he oh, thinks we're a democracy. Hold on a minute. Well, all right. Everybody says that. But and look, that's false. Okay, but. We're going to get into that and some things that he's... I, I, yes, I understand that. Thank you for, for texting that. This is important. We're going to talk about him in the grand scheme uh, in the next segment. But I'm just telling you today about what we heard in Memphis. Yeah, I reject parties. <laughs> well, somebody... Except was, the kind of parties we have. Well, there was about 25 presidential candidates at the, at the thing. Yeah, this, and <laughs> people love that... I tried to find his booth and couldn't find it. <laughs> a lot of candidates, they're going to get less votes uh, for president than I did for state representative. Well, maybe <laughs> James ought to run for president. I'd do better than some of these guys. I you tell could you. run for president of the new Confederate states. Yeah. Now, there was a no party or no label thing. Who, who, was, who was that? Who was I don't talking know. I about think it that? was Mr. doo <laughs> Well, we got, listen. Mr. Doo-Wop's coming back. You want to take the break, don't you? I got to take the Yeah, we have to take the break because I want to play more doo-wop. So we got lots more doo-wop coming up before we end the night. I'm going to transform Sam into a true doo-wopper and everybody else along who's listening tonight. Stay tuned. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while, at the same time, exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate 
educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, MericaFirst dot com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Five black guys, the Edsels, they're all wearing bow ties and suits <laughs> going back to Jesse Lee Peterson. And they're and, all funded by the Jews, right? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Uh, I guarantee you probably uh, there was one in there in the record company, but nevertheless, that's great music. And you had to be hardcore back in the 50s. If you're, What would you do if you had a girlfriend named Ramalama Ding Dong? Uh, I would change her name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I would call her Mrs. Bushman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, there you have it. Though, look, RFK's um, bullet points on his campaign. Right? Well, it's uh, uh, how could you disagree with any of this? Honest government, reconciliation, environment, revitalization, peace, and civil liberties. Yeah, but listen, that doesn't say anything. Well, but that's what he's saying. I know, but everybody can say. Hey, that. We got to talk to Pat. Look, even Bill Clinton. Hey, even Bill Clinton can say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for all those things. No, let's ask. Let's ask the true radical of our midst, the bombardier Eddie Miller, why he right. why he likes some of the things he's heard from Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. Here we because go. Here's the, here's the thing. In the grand scheme of things, we know this: the Kennedys have been no friends to white people. The Kennedys are no friends of ours. You go back to uh, John F. Kennedy, the president, Robert Kennedy Sr., uh, RFK Jr.'s dad, uh, all the other, Teddy Kennedy, Ed Kennedy, all the Kennedys, they're not friends of our people. Now, does that mean to say that there cannot be somebody from that line that can have some uh, areas of common ground? Not necessarily, but the family has not been good. The family is not good. They're not friends of ours. I mean, it was the Kennedys that sent down the, the people to oppose Wallace at the, church, uh, the school door stand. Yes. Uh, so the Kennedys are no friends of ours. What do you like about RFK, Eddie? Well, what I've, I've got a, a book, uh, like I said, the, my good friend Lee Cochran gave me the book uh, by, by uh, RFK, the real Fauci. 
I, I wish I could have read all of it, but uh, I'm. And not, he did mention that today that Amazon had censored the sales of that particular book. Well, you know, and it, uh, I, if you read, you know what? If you just read the first forty pages of that book, you don't have to read anymore. For instance, he, uh, here's what I like about him. He has uh, before going. Now you're the hardest of the hardcore, and you're saying something nice about RFK. Yes, who would I like? Now there's a theory that says he's doing all of this to bring uh, the anti-Covidians against Trump. Well, you know, uh, closer to the mic. Here's what I, which what I heard uh, that I like him about the best. I was really, really amazed when he said that he would. And keep in mind, listen. Let me preface everything I'm saying about this with saying. If flew me once, shame on me. Flew me 15 times, shame on me. I don't know if I'll <laughs> vote again. I, I really don't trust any politician. I don't. I, I there really, are things he said that we agree with. Yep. But but like we said, Trump said a lot of good stuff, and what did he do? None of it. And he was he outdrew the Jews. Uh, but you know, uh, here's what I like about him. He said, RFK said he knew who killed his uncle. He knew who killed his dad. And uh, he, he came out and named him. He said it was the CIA. They, he named him. Now, he left out the Mossad. But uh, he said if he, he gets in there, he's going to bust up the CIA. He's going to bust up the NSA. All these. And he did you. criticize all of these organizations today in his speech. Now, I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm just reporting to you. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me now. I'm reporting to you what I witnessed today in the presence of RFK at this speech, at this event that we've been covering this hour. So that's that. Uh, but That's what he said in his book, I've realized. And he said it today. He said that these are not good. Or he, he spoke unfavorably of the FBI, CIA, NSA. Now, do I believe him? I can't say that I do, but it is interesting to hear him say it. He, and and this, this we got to get to this, Eddie. I talked to you about this today. So he spoke in Memphis today. And here's a headline from this morning. Uh, if you're listening live, July 15th, 2023, this morning. I couldn't believe he said that. Listen to this. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. dished out a wild COVID-19 conspiracy theory this week during a press event at an Upper East Side restaurant, claiming that the bug was genetically uh, a genetically engineered bioweapon that may have been designed to... Oh, that had been proven to be true. ...to spare Jews and Chinese people. COVID-19, this is a quote from... RFK Jr. COVID-19, there's an argument that it is eth ethnically targeted. COVID-19 attacks certain races disproportionately, Kennedy said. COVID-19 is targeted to attack white and black people. Uh, the people who are most immune are Ashkenazi Jews and Chinese. Now, he went on to say he didn't know if it was designed that way deliberately or not, but the story continues, and I'm reading directly from the article here. Another, another, another politician in the, in the world that would say that. In between bites of linguine and clam sauce, Kennedy, 69, warned of more dire biological weapons in the pipeline with a, quote, 50% fatality rate, end quote, that would make COVID-19 look like a walk in the park. And the United Nations has said the same thing. The United Nations probably said it before he did, so he's backing up what they said. Uh, obviously, as you can imagine, the ADL <laughs> Jewish group got a little bit upset about his comments. But, uh, well, I mean, that's interesting. I, I'm not saying I agree with him. I'm saying that I find that interesting, that he would say that COVID-19 was a bioengineered disease that spares Jews and Chinese people but targets whites. Well, you know, uh, that's pretty, you know we, we had a guy, uh, Dr. C.W., that talked Cover that in depth, and what you said, yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It can't be debated that that uh, that bug was was developed over that Wuhan lab. Uh, you know, 
the funded funded large, largely by uh, Fauci and his, his buddies, Bill Gates. And you know, here's what I like about what his book. I don't want to get too far out there on that, saying we agree or disagree. I just think for a presidential candidate, and look, I mean, yeah, there was 50 presidential candidates there this week. We're going to have 15 votes apiece. This is a guy that's that's gonna. It's it's sort of like a Pat Buchanan against George. H.W. Bush back in 1992. He's mounting that kind of campaign against Biden, or, or so it would seem. We'll see what happens. But he's definitely he's definitely a major player. Well, he did everything but name the Jew in his book with the pharmaceutical. But companies. he's also subservient to them. Yes, I mean, right. very much so. So I mean, there's definitely a lot of schizophrenia. He's a, a lot of. Uh, <laughs> well, he did name that. He did say this that the, uh, for instance, the uh, FDA, the FDA and the CDC. They were supposed to be. He, they were supposed to be watchdog groups that watch uh, watch over the you know, food drug. They watch over the food drugs. But here's the thing. He said they have been captured. The FDA, the CDC, they've been captured. They have. And, uh, they have been. They've become part of the problem. For instance, I didn't know this until I read part of that book. The FDA. They actually have. They're supposed to be policing over the pharmaceutical industry, James. They actually have. They have patents on their own damn drugs. They're producing their own drugs. The the the, company, the uh, agency, government agency that's supposed to be policing. Uh, listen, I'm gonna repeat myself, but it uh, it bears repeating. The food the uh, Food and Drug Administration supposed to be the watchdog group policing the, dr the uh, drugs. They are part of the problem because they they have I forgot how many patents. They have like hundreds of patents on drugs. C W Doctor C W talked about this. The uh, and, you know, here's something else. Uh, your people, the CDC, the FDA, and the pharmaceutical companies like Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer, you know, people like that, they have an incestuous relationship in that you've got the people from the drug companies going to the FDA and the CDC, people from the CDC, the FDA, go to, go to the drug companies. They, absolutely. And I would like to point out this one thing he didn't point out. Every single one of those drug companies are owned lock, stock, and barrel by Jews. And it's the same people, and you know, and going back to what he said, he said he said in his talk that this uh, this uh, so-called COVID nineteen virus was genetically engineered, which it was. It most certainly was. We covered that in, uh, several times with on Blood River, and and, and uh, RFK said that it was genetically engineered to attack certain races. That makes total one hundred percent sense to me. Uh, and right like now, that. he did walk it back a little bit as Tommy Tuberville walked it back a little bit, but not all the way. He's saying it was genetically engineered, in his opinion. I, I don't have an opinion. I'm agnostic. I, I don't think my, my opinion on that was it was much ado about nothing. I didn't fear if I got it. I, I, I have eyes that work and ears, and I, I have all of these things that work. I saw people getting it, and I didn't think it was that uh, particularly deadly of a virus. I didn't want to take an unproven vaccine, so I didn't take it. I can sympathize and understand other people's reasonings uh, on the other side of it. But I didn't take the vaccine. I didn't think it was a particularly deadly virus, whether it was bioengineered or not. He's saying it was, but he didn't know if it was bioengineered specifically to target these races, but it could have just been a byproduct of the bioengineering. Uh, he, he, he's sort of agnostic on that himself. Another but but fact, I, want to say, I want to say this very quick more, about... about more, yeah, more go ahead, go ahead. One more point. Uh, the, 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 the disease was pretty much deadly, mainly to the people that took the so-called vaccine, took the jab. Uh, the, I know of, a lot of people who took it that didn't die. Yeah. I mean, certainly, but I mean, there are a lot of people who have died mysteriously who did take it, very young and That's otherwise true. healthy. So, I mean, it's just sure. there's a lot of conflicting information. If you want to bust up the drug companies, if you want to bust up the uh, the uh, intelligence agencies, if he's telling the truth, which I 
I just can't trust him. He's a politician. I, mean, I got to say this about the elites, Eddie. I got to say this before we run out of time. In the third hour, we're going to transition into a, a free-for-all. It's going to be me. It's going to be Sam Bushman. It's going to be Keith. It's going to be you. Everybody that's been on the show tonight, we're going to blend into a synthesis in the third hour, which is completely wide open. No topics, no agenda. We're just going to see what we get into. But uh, I will say this. I, I know this. What I do like about RFK is this. And I understand the Kennedys are bad. There's so many reasons not to trust him. The whole family has been anti-white right. from the start. Right. But elites uh, have to play a role in this. At some point, elites are going to have to step over and be anti-system. That's what we liked about Trump. And I don't know, you know, whatever role RFK can play as somebody who sort of jams up and gums up the gears. There you go. Uh, that, that, you know, th because this is it. All revolutions are top-down. You're going to have to have elites do something at some point that we agree with. Even the Confederacy, the war between the, the, war between the states, the, the, the Revolutionary War. It wasn't random broke farmers. It was George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. It was the elites. And then in the war between the states, it wasn't random poor white Southerners. It was Robert E. Lee. It was Jefferson Davis. It was Stonewall Jackson. It was people who had very high ranking in military and in, in politics. It was John Breckinridge. All of these people, all of the Confederate leaders were elites. Uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest was, you know, very much uh, an anomaly to that. I mean, he was, a, you know, all he was was a multi-million dollar uh, businessman. But, but nevertheless, revolutions are top down. So what I like about RFK and Trump uh, is there a lot not to like about them? Sure there are. But anybody who is even saying some things that we can agree with can be yeah. used to an extent. And so to whatever extent we can use them to whatever good they can do, uh, then I will accept that because I understand this. It's never going to be us that uh, are the ones who are able to see this from beginning to end. We will play an important role, but it's going to have to have elites on our side. I've got to ask you a question. And uh, this is what uh, Dr. Michael Hill would look at the South said. He says that this system, no matter no matter who we try to get elected, uh, even if even if you do think the election system is honest, which is... No, I don't believe in any of that. Stay tuned. Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com.
their account somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Herbs have been used by people since the dawn of time. When Rockefeller introduced allopathic medicine, many herbal remedies fell by the wayside as people put their faith in prescription pills and the world just gets sicker. Here at Heathen Herbs, we look to the past and to nature for answers. We offer tinctures, magnesium skin cream, lip balm, tooth powder, colloidal silver throat spray, and more. Check us out at HeathenHerbs.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Winchester Cathedral, you're bringing me down. You stood and you watched out. Right there, ladies and gentlemen, is for Keith Alexander. As a matter of fact, Keith, we got a letter in from a listener, uh, Ryan. I believe Ryan's in Kansas City. I got to go back and look. But uh, he writes, uh, Mr. Edwards, even if, and this is going back to our Father's Day discussion that we had a few weeks ago about there's, you know, a lot of songs for Mother's Day. What are we going to play for Father's Day? Right. Ryan writes, even if quality songs specifically about fathers like that silver haired daddy of mine are comparatively few. Uh, the fairly prolific use of Daddy in the Hepcat era offers at least a generic abundance of tunes like Webb Pierce's High Geared Daddy, Gene Autry's Do Right Daddy Blues, Jimmy Swan's Rattlesnake Daddy, that's what they call Eddie, <laughs> and uh, etc. I always enjoy your musical picks, uh, though, including the occasional Keith-selected oddity. Keep up the good work. <laughs> well, I've got you. another oddity for you, but, and, and the same basic type of music as Winchester Cathedral by the new vaudeville band. Look up Hello, Hello by Sop with Camel. That was another <laughs> attempt to be retro in the mid-60s. Uh, I don't know that the Sop with Camel had any other hits besides that, but uh, check that out. We, we 
I may persuade James into playing it someday. Now, Winchester Cathedral, you can remember when that was used as an ad here in Memphis. Yeah. Well, tell us about it. I'm not sure. Winchester Cabana. Oh, oh yeah. Here's what it was. Yeah, there was they had Cabana apartments that had like three swimming pools, and uh, they had like a little garden way in between the two rows of apartments. And, for example, they had one called Winchester Cabana that they turned a field. They ruined a perfectly good uh, a pasture to put that in. And I remember they had three swimming pools and all the swinging bachelors and bachelorettes were there. And their radio ads were to the tune of Winchester Cathedral at Winchester Cabana. Da, 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 now, where was this, where was this uh, garden spot located? In Whitehaven. Now, what happened uh, since then? It became Blackhaven. <laughs> and then what happened to Winchester Cabana? Uh, it became Section 8 housing. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? I don't understand. I mean, uh, yeah, that was interesting because this was something that Eddie and I were talking about before something the show. It's never happened anywhere else. Right? This was something that Eddie and I were talking about before the show about RFK's speech about how COVID, in his opinion, was genetically engineered to target certain races. But if race is a biological construct, how could they have possibly done that? And, 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 and to the point of Winchester Cabana. You know, if it was a good garden spot in the 60s and all that happens were blacks moved in and whites moved out, and, of course, we're all just one human family. Places, we all bleed red. Went to hell in a hand we all bleed red. We're all one human family. I don't know. What, uh, what am I missing? Well, what you're missing is that there are certain people who you and I know, we call them the usual suspects, don't want white people to be racially aware. They want every other race to be acutely, acutely racially aware, blacks, uh, Middle Easterners, Asians, uh, Hispanics, but not white Gentiles. White Gentiles, if they even begin to even think about talking in terms of what is in the best interest of their race, they're immediately met with charges of racism. There's some reason why they don't want you thinking along that line. Are you... That's why we need to think along those lines if we're going to find our way out of the forest. All right, I'm just saying. Race is a social construct, but RFK is saying this could be biologically engineered to target certain races. Winchester Cabana went from all white, a garden spot, all black, and now it's unlivable. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, from, I'm, I must be missing something here. It went from, uh, <laughs> went from uh, like they said about Rhodesia, it went from the bread basket of africa to the basket case of well africa. what about jesse lee peterson tonight jesse lee peterson bringing up the south african thing saying that's what that's what's happening here i mean jesse great the guy thing is it's just right there you know don't believe your lying eyes everybody knows that this is Who are you gonna truth? believe the media or your lying eyes exactly we've got to start telling the truth we've got to stop the hypocrisy did i say race is a biological concept i meant sociological concept but anyway hey keith here's what we're doing tonight so as you can see maybe there's a, the method to the madness has already presented itself but we started the show with jesse lee peterson wanted to get him on in july because he calls july white history month uh it's it's a little bit too hot for white people but uh but anyway wanted to have jesse lee on then we talked about then you and i keith talked about some of the current news events tommy Tuberville, and then the the latest black on white murder here in memphis then sam uh, bushman stepped in He's here tonight. Big party show. My dad's here. My mom's here. Wife and kids are here. Sam, Eddie, Keith, uh, Sam's son-in-law, Zach. I had a really great time getting to know him better the last week and a half. Uh, but Sam was on to talk about uh, we were breaking down the Freedom Fest, some of the people we met there. And uh, now we are beginning to bring everybody in, all of these parts into a synthesis, and we're going to put them in the blender and let it uh, rock out the last hour of the show. But 
Uh, give me one minute on this. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I talked, and I'm not going to tell you where it happened or if it was over the phone or how it happened, but I talked with a former presidential candidate, not, again, like one of these 50 presidential candidates that puts their name on the ballot and gets 50 votes. Talk about a guy who won some state primaries. He got some delegates to his party's nominating convention. We ended up talking to him about, of all things, Piggly Wiggly. Now, give me one minute on Piggly Wiggly, Keith. Piggly Wiggly. we got to talk about Piggly Wiggly. Memphis has been a... Uh, you know, a garden spot for entrepreneurs. We've had a lot of entrepreneurs. One of the, for example, Kevin's Wilson, who invented the Holiday Inn concept, you know, the motel by the Cloverleaf, that just coincided with the development of the interstate highway system was a great success. Before him, back in the 19-teens and 20s, was Clarence Saunders, who developed Piggly Wiggly stores, which was the first supermarket, the first uh, kind of do-it-yourself, help-yourself type of uh, uh, grocery store back then. Before that, grocery stores, you went up to the counter and you told the grocer you want some tomatoes, he'd get some tomatoes down. You said you want a loaf of bread, he'd get a loaf of bread. Now you could do it yourself. Well, supermarkets basically have become the grocery stores. Finding a different type of grocery store that's not got the supermarket concept is few and far between. But see, Clarence Saunders made a lot of money. He built a grand house called the Pink Palace, but he never got now, to move into it. why is it called that? Because it's made out of pink limestone. And why didn't he get to move into it? Because he went bankrupt. And of course, But had- he had the concept where before that, the clerks would always fetch your items for you. He made the concept where you go in through the aisles and you pick it up yourself, you take it to the cashier. Well, he went bankrupt, but... But he, he made a lot of money before he went bankrupt. He went bankrupt because he had a... A showdown with Wall Street, and he beat him at first. Yeah, and, and you they, know who Wall Street is, okay? So and, they, <laughs> okay. and then they beat him back. Uh, they, he beat him. He beat him first. They beat him better. But but he he made up right. a lot of money. And then Piggly Wiggly was still around. Yeah, it's Pig, still Piggly around Wiggly, now. Well, see, Piggly Wiggly went into bankruptcy. They had a bankruptcy trustee, and he, Clarence Saunders tried to have another group of stores. He called it Clarence Saunders Grocery. The trustee said you can't use it because that's part of the goodwill of Piggly Wiggly. He took it all the way to the Supreme Court and won, and after that he called his grocery stores Clarence Saunders, sole owner of my own name grocery stores. <laughs> well, and then there's still Piggly Wigglies today. Do it Piggly Wiggly style, right, Sam? Dixon? I uh, was talking with Sam Dixon about this a couple of days ago. We'll be right back. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 844, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they use the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that 
The dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We are uh, once again devolving into another party show here. Everybody's at the local studio tonight. That's coming back. That's coming back. That's pretty good. Was that was that doop uh, going? I don't think so. That wasn't doop just then, but yeah. I, I, there's a reason for that. My parents, my kids, my wife, my brothers, my friends, Sam Bushman, Eddie the Bobadier Miller, Keith Alexander, we're all here tonight. It's one big happy family. It caps off a two delicious week. food. Great company. Two-week experience between uh, South Carolina and here in the last uh, seven days. But, Sam, I finally broke my Mountain West friend. We were walking down in downtown Memphis this week, and we were, <laughs> we were walking into the convention center, and he says, how do you stand to see? Because this is another day. Like every day. It's hotter than the, all hell. The heat the is on. The heat is on. I'm telling you, it so. 115%. Listen to me. It was so freaking hot. It was humid as all get out. It was almost a rain, but the sun was out beating down on me. I think the UV index or whatever you call that name thing was like 11 or something. I mean, it was out of freaking control. <laughs> 115 Heat index, ninety-seven percent humidity. I hated it. Went to walk out, and I, so I've, I've been like, there. I gotta <laughs> sit down in the AC and get a drink of cold water. I've I been just can't take it on the air nineteen years, <laughs> and every summer I complain incessantly about these southern summers. And I say, why don't you come to the mountains where the air is dry and the <laughs> food's good? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you, you you got a dose of it between South Carolina and oh, Memphis. You got a shoot. dose of it the last eleven days. You you came in the worst of the worst. Yeah, it's rough. But you know what though, it is good to be with people. You know there is a difference in the South and even the Rocky Mountains. In the Rocky Mountains, they'll say, you know what, have a good one, have a good day, whatever. In the South, a lot of times is they'll they'll say, have a blessed day. Or bless your heart. Or bless your heart. You know, there's a difference in the way people are treated. There is something to the Southern charm. Let's make no mistake about it. Well, Southern culture, you know what, this is it. It doesn't even have to be about better or worse. It's just different. And a culture that is different and it's separate better. is uh, something that's worthy of preservation, and that's it. I mean, it doesn't have to be. Until you meet Eddie and Keith, then it's different. <laughs> hey, but I'll tell you what. What else we did, Sam, that didn't get mentioned tonight? We went to the top of a pyramid this week. Yes, we did. It was fantastic, uh, by the way. Real sure enough pyramid. Yeah, what it's we very see? cool. What is that thing, the biggest? Uh... Pyramid. Now, the, it's a pyramid, but it's the biggest. Uh, but certainly the tallest observation 
deck in in the area. Yeah, because there's Memphis. nothing super tall in Memphis. And right? you can now, well, Memphis doesn't have much of a skyline, but you can see right. it all from uh, the top of the pyramid, which was a. Facility. But what do they call that store? It's a Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, it's the Bass biggest Pro pa- Bass Pro Shop ever. I mean, the thing is beyond imagination. And you go up. It, well, the pyramid used to be a multi-purpose sports arena, and all of the big concert acts: Neil Diamond, Garth Brooks. You know, they're they're yeah, they're going to have me speak there, and then they chicken out. <laughs> but then, the, when the NBA came to town, the pyramid wasn't good enough, so they had to build a new arena, the FedEx Forum, and then the pyramid set dilapidated and vacant for a few years, and then Bass Pro Shop uh, built it. But it, and it is shaped just like a pyramid. It's an iconic thing. And, yeah, and But you go iconic. up to the top, you see the Mississippi River, you see across the Mississippi River, uh, Ar- and, primeval and, Arkansas. And worth seeing, though. I mean, it's it's something to behold, right? Well, we went all the way up to the top. We got some great pictures up there. So we've had, we've had a fun week with Eddie and Keith and everybody. James was singing doo-wop the whole time. Well, I, you know, I was singing country music. I'm not sure what Eddie was singing. Keith refused to join us and then blamed it on us. I don't know what's <laughs> well, going Keith on. Well, Keith said he had to be in court. but Well, we were holding court while he was in court. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Now, there was something. Oh, I, I got to say one thing. Eddie, you can testify to this. By the way, Christmas is White History Month. I'm just saying. Uh, there you go. Hey, hey, every month is. Are we not? But listen, I got to say this about you, Sam. There's a there's a quote that and I want Eddie to get in on this. I'm getting scared. You might toss the mic to him. Not here. yet. I want to see what you All say right, first. Well, there's a there's a there's a there's an old saying about you know a man when he sees a woman leave, he hates to see her go, but Ain't he loves no sunshine. When she's <laughs> no, no. Gone. Oh. He hates to see her go, but he loves to watch her leave. Yeah. In a non-homoerotic way, I feel that about you. I hate to see you go, but I love to watch okay, you leave. I'm oh, passing the mic. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm no, not no, having no. this conversation no, wait a minute. any longer. <laughs> Only because, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie. It reminds me of the drunk people last week. They're like, hey, I love you. It's just like, okay, now. I haven't seen any I'm, drunk people. <laughs> but listen, I got to say this. Only because you have the vigor of three men. And Eddie can testify to this. You're darn right. You run us into the ground. You want to know why? A week with Sam Bushman takes years off of your life. (laughs) (laughs) No, it adds years to your life. Look, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I get plenty of sleep. I eat right. I don't know about that. I believe in God. What part? The, The sleep part. What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. I'll I literally tell you, go I'll to bed you. like at 10.30 at no, night and wake no, up at Eddie, 6.30 Eddie, in the morning Eddie, and I sleep solid, baby. When you come into town, Eddie and I, we form a platoon. <laughs> and, and, so here, here, here's All right, we're passing it along. Here, here it is, Eddie. Tell me if I'm lying. When Sam came into town, one of the times he was in town for a few days, we had to, we had to break it up into three shifts. Eddie took the 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. shift. So he would you know, be with Sam, and he would take Sam around and do whatever Sam wanted to do from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. I would take the 4 p.m. to midnight shift, and then Lee Cochran would take the yeah. 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift, and then and then it would cycle back to Eddie. And you say, well, what, what, what do they do for 12? Because Sam never sleeps. He's lying to you when he says he sleeps. And I said, what does he do from midnight to 8 a.m.? And he would sing, Lee would go to his hotel. They would sing karaoke. Yeah. They would go to an all-night crystal burger. And they'd get some crystals. Yeah. And then they'd ride around in the car, and they'd talk. And they dodged the cop. And, you know, Lee's car was a, co- a cop. Cop oh, oh, Tell him about it. Like any FBI agent in a hundred mile radius was on Lee's car. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and, and then it would be time for you to pick him up at eight. And it took three men to contain him. It took three men around the clock. That's true. Because he never sleeps. He never runs out of energy. That's because this is God's. Case. And when he leaves tomorrow, I'm going to sleep for a week. <laughs> yeah, we uh, good old Lee. Uh, Lee, he was one of our show. We had to have three people to do. It takes three people. Uh, 
<laughs> you know what? I remember one time we we were ferrying around. Oh, oh, Sam and Kurt was in town then too, and so it was time for uh, Lee to take up the to, uh, take his ship to ferry him around. But Lee, he, he's like I've seen another guy like this. I don't know if you ever rode Lee's Cocker, uh, Lee Cocker's car, but he never threw anything away. He loves fast food. Air he never food. threw away a bumper sticker either. Now, right, his sure. car, he had this. This was a guy. He passed away. God bless him. And the cops full, he was a right, big guy, right 300 pounds, and he had a little bitty economy car, but every square inch of it was covered in a bumper sticker. It like, sure abolish the IRS, abolish the Federal death, Reserve. Death to the world order. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's like, but he always wanted to keep a low profile. He <laughs> was scared right, to death. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was like, any CIA asset in 100 miles is going to be on Lee like white on rice. Well, there was a Shelby Forest Park one time, and there was like two squad cars watching, following him, looking at him. Yeah, he did. He had all those. all those. It was bumper stickers. You see bumper stickers normally on the bumper. He had it on the hood, on the side, on the windows. He had like a little little peephole where he could see to drive, but everything else was covered. In the I'm not exaggerating. But it took me, you, and Lee on 24-hour rotation, sure three so men, eight-hour shifts to keep up with Sam because when he comes into town, he doesn't sleep, he doesn't stop. We were up all damn day, and we go there like 4 o'clock in the morning, we are over at karaoke, man. <laughs> and Lee was Mr. Elvis. He loved it. He knew every Elvis song there ever was. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do karaoke before the show's over. We got a barbershop quartet right here. We got four of us. We got me, you, Keith. Well, I we got a, we got a quintet. My neighbor, <laughs> help me get off. Wow, you're singing all kinds. We don't do that here. <laughs> hey, I like the one that Sam was singing about. What was that? It was in Alabama. Hey, sing that Alabama song you're singing. Yeah, come on. You said you you were trained up on country on uh, gospel music, but sing that. One. I don't sing songs on the radio. I sing little snippets of songs on the radio from time to time. But I will say this. These guys are exaggerating. I do have plenty of energy. That's all true. But What's your Vigor score? Your Vigor score? I have no idea. Well, you used to run an ad for your Vigor score. I know, but I can't remember what it was. I just know this. <laughs> the better I eat, the more Vigor I have. But, but I'm getting old now. See, James's problem is he doesn't eat any vegetables, so he doesn't have any energy. That's true. That's true. Okay, when you eat nothing but garbage and you run out of sugar... Eventually, it's just like crash time 24-7. like Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan believed in a nap every day. I was with Sam at this I'm event. Okay I was with like, a nap Sam, every Sam, day. I got to go take a nap, Sam. I'm fine with a nap every day. The problem is James wants to take a nap as soon as he gets up. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to sleep in till noon and then take a nap afterwards. Oh, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I went to well, this restaurant. What, when we go to a restaurant with Sam... <laughs> Sam reads everything on the menu, and then he orders everything yeah. on the menu. And I'm like, Listen. Sam, i got to take a nap after we eat five entrees. And when we were eating with Sam, we ate at a catfish restaurant yesterday. I said, Sam, he, had, he ordered so everything good. on the menu. He ordered everything on the menu, and then he thought, no. he, he thought he had eaten everything on the menu. I said, Sam, there's one hush puppy hiding in the corner. <laughs> but listen. And he ate it. <laughs> me and Zach got a pound of shrimp and a pound of sausage, got coleslaw, Ten got hush puppies. And it was deliciousness. I'm done. It was incredible. We have a great time. We live life to the fullest. We only live once. And you got to remember that it's all about the land of the free. See, in most other countries, we could uh, never Sam, do what we do. You don't do. have your headset on because you don't know the music's playing. We're going to take a break. We are the, I don't know if we're the home of the free, but the land of the brave with Sam Bushman. Stay tuned. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jerry Barmesh. 
Well, hopefully the air conditioning is working as temperatures soar across parts of the West. That heat wave that's baking much of the country isn't going away anytime soon. And this, again, is where it gets concerning. We're looking at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, still looking at so many triple digits. Phoenix 116 on Monday, 115 on Tuesday, Wednesday 115. Meteorologist Michelle Grossman says Las Vegas could set a record on Sunday, hitting 117 or higher. Even places like Salt Lake City have been hitting triple digits. The current heat wave temperatures are about 10 to 20 degrees above the norm for this time of year. In Las Vegas, I'm John Schaefer. Former President Trump is speaking at the Turning Point Action Conference. Today, the greatest threat is not from the outside. The greatest threat is the sick, sinister, and evil forces trying to destroy our nation from within. The conference being held in West Palm Beach near his Mar-a-Lago home. Florida governor and GOP presidential candidate Ron DeSantis did not attend the conference. Lawyers for Trump are looking into delaying the investigation into his attempts to overturn the results of the 2020 election in Georgia. The filings came just days after two grand juries were impaneled that could soon decide whether to charge Trump and his allies over efforts to reverse his loss to President Biden in Georgia's 2020 election. A suspect was on the run Saturday after a morning shooting left four people dead in an Atlanta suburb. The suspect is identified as Andre Longmore, who is in his 50s. Nearly one in five workers say they have a toxic workplace. A new poll by the American Psychological Association shows those who reported a toxic work environment are three times as likely as those in healthy workplaces to say their mental health has taken a hit due to their job. This is USA News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE, 833-34-BIBLE. One of the all time, probably the most recognizable doo wop song of the doo wop era of the late. Isn't that a super racist song, too? It has to be. We got blacks and whites together. Right? They were, and it was a very rare thing. I will what tell you. What is up with that for that particular group, the Marcells? But hey, tell me, 
Tell me that's not good stuff, though. It's great stuff. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you the best stuff of all. You, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize, whether it's Christmas in July for White History Month, whatever it is, I want you to remember <laughs> that spending time with friends and family and loved ones and making memories are what count. And we've made that's all, what counts. We've made okay? so many. I want you to really focus on that, Eddie. I've been, uh, I've been to, right. well, right. we've made so many memories together. I mean, my God, the four, well, my dad's in this room, so think of the memories I've made with him. <laughs> but my dad, yours truly, Keith, Eddie, Sam, the memories we've made over the course of our time together. Is, this is the first time this has happened thing. where all of us were together at the same time. This has never happened. we got to all get a picture after the show. Well, yes, we do. But you know what? Uh, I pretty much burned the candle at both ends. Uh, everybody knows my schedule. And I felt, I'll tell you what, I hadn't been anywhere since uh, June of 2021. And when I went down to Pensacola to see the sailors down there, thanks to the, the donors that sent, uh, sent me down there. But this is the first, if you want to call it a vacation, when we went up to South Carolina last week uh, that I've had. And I couldn't hear how long. And, and it killed you. you. You were in bed for three days after that. See, Sam – Hadn't even been to sleep since then. Sam doing? hasn't been yeah. to sleep since then. You You've know. been in bed for three days. Yeah. You got home, you were in bed for three days. You couldn't yeah. even go see RFK today. I'll tell you, but you know what? It's so relaxing being around here with your with your friends. Sam's right. It, it's just so relaxing. Doing my my program tonight, it was just, I'm just, I'm, it was just it's loving zen. all our co-hosts. It's zen. We're, we're drunk on love tonight. Yes. All right, let's give it to Keith. Yes. I, I want to give this you to can't Keith. Beat the, this is a once-in-a-lifetime habit. They have uh, Keith now identified and removed the grave of a racist horse, even Traveler's Grave, the steed who so valiantly carried Robert E. Lee into battle. He's not even safe from the mob. So you've got a Marxist mob now on the campus of Washington and Lee University uh, who have removed the plaque uh, that was on top of the grave of traveler do you ever feel like you're beating a dead horse with this stuff <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what it's an endless loop as brad griffin writes well what they need to do is catch the miscreants that did this and horse well, I, i'll tell you who it was it was the ad administration of the university well, that, uh, i still say by uh, my earlier statement that they, they, he needs to be horse whipped well they uh so here you have this new president of washington lee Sam, when you and I were up at, in Washington for the Donald Trump inauguration, I stopped on the drive because that's a hellacious drive. I stopped in Lexington, Virginia, where Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson are buried, and I stayed at what was then called, as recently as 2016, the Robert E. Lee Hotel, a very fine boutique hotel, very nice, very lavish. I stayed there. I visited the graves. And now this university— and, By the way, incredibly historic is the point to make. Uh, this uh, university uh, that was named after both uh, he and George Washington, Robert E. Lee, was there. Robert E. Lee taught there. They are doing everything they can to remove Lee. Here it is. They've removed Lee's portrait from the Lee Chapel. They've removed the Lexington Garden Club plaque outside the Lee Chapel due to its reference to Lee. They've removed from Lee Chapel all plaques referencing Lee. And by the way, Robert E. Lee is buried inside Lee Chapel with his entire family. Uh, they have initiated the practice of closing the gates in Lee Chapel to block the view of it. Uh, they have supported the, the movement to remove Lee's name from Washington and Lee University, which failed to pass. You know what I have to say, though, James? History it repeats on 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 itself. On. It won't be long until they'll be removing their 
I manipulations hope so. of history. I hope so. And right? I, I will say this. I have been there. I have been. And not only did I stay at the Robert E. Lee Hotel, I have basked in the glow. I have stood as far away as I am from you, Sam, tonight, which is to say about five feet from Robert E. Lee's tomb. That far from Stonewall Jackson's I hit James's grave. bald head with spitballs, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But I was that I was that close, and then they they are trying to remove. They they even removed a plaque inside the university that marked the location of Lee's office inside the university when he post war uh, was an administrator there. The saddest and, and part, now, though, is if they remove us from our history and we don't know our history, ladies and gentlemen, then we have nothing to hold to. That's the by faith. communist design destroy the faith destroy your history your attachment to history you kill the people they even remove and now they're removing uh the the, the grave of robert e. lee's horse uh, so this is this is where we're at now well the good news is that it's something for us to talk about right well, we'll and what, I mean, and what I mean by that not is be talking if it. we can talk about it though we can tell the stories and people can learn the stories because i never knew what color the horse was now i know well, there's some debate about that. Isn't it gray? Somebody said black. Somebody said white. Gray somebody with a black gray. mane? No, your dad looked it up. Uh, gray with he, a black was mane. Gray? Was he gray? He was a, a traveler was a gray, gray horse. Gray, gray horse, black mane. All right. That's a racist horse. <laughs> okay. Keith, Keith. I have a question. I have a question, and uh, Keith, you can answer it. Uh, why? I know the answer, but why do these people, our enemies, why do they hate people like Robert E. Lee so much, Keith? Well, that's a, I, 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 I'm going to let Keith answer that, but I'm going to tell you this. When the tide turns, and it will turn, give me the first jackhammer, Keith. Because yeah. I got a lot of monuments I'm taking down, by God. They hate Robert E. Lee because Robert E. Lee was almost a flawless human being. He was the only person. Resentment and jealousy is your answer. Right, yeah. Well, basically, Robert E. Lee graduated from West Point, the only person in the history of the institution that had not earned a single demerit during his tenure there, okay? He was an honorable man uh, without nobody, even his worst enemies, could not find a flaw in his character. Now, of course, the people that are now leading up the woke generation, because he fought for the South, and because they say the South was fighting for to maintain slavery and were therefore racist, all of that, for example, is untrue. That it was a economic cause of the Civil War primarily. The South thought that it's it was being treated like an agricultural colony of the North, and that's why they decided they had to stop their cow being milked through the fence and get. And I don't even mind admitting that slavery was an element to it. It wasn't. It was this. It was that. You can argue how much of a piece of the pie it was. Nevertheless, they were right, and I stand behind them. Look, I'm a Southerner. I know that the South, you know, we're not perfect, but we're a lot more perfect than the Yankee abolitionists that brought all that, uh, uh, you know, brought the Civil War on. So what we need to do is be sure that our side of the argument gets a seat at the debate table. That's what we need to do in response to that. So every time they slander a Confederate hero or a white hero, we need to give the alternative history, which most often is the true history. We need to not run from these things. We cannot show cowardice in the side side of our enemies because that just encourages them to more and more depredations. Let's let, let's remember, Keith. We've got racist horses. 
I never knew that before. <laughs> How can a horse be racist? Well, but, you know, uh, I'm sure that, you know, if he let Robert E. Lee ride on him, he had to be a racist, right? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> toss it back over to Sam. You've got the leader of the KKK right here, according to the Detroit News. I think we could prove that the horse was the leader of the KKK, too. <laughs> Not only a, a rank-and-file member, card-carrying member, but actually the leader. Don't you think, James? Well, I'll tell you what. We you... can say you are, and it's not true. We can certainly document that the horse is. Well, you never know what's going to come out of an American court these days. You want to know what it is? Yeah, It's a me. bunch of horse crap. <laughs> We've, I think we've worked it now all the horse references we can. I mean, it's a, we laugh. We have a good time. What are you going to do? You laugh to keep from crying? It's a terrible thing. Robert, Robert E. Lee's horse was more honorable than anybody in the administration of Washington and Lee University. I would take that a horse over any of these people, Eddie. Got another question. A two-part question. I keep hearing, even from my own co-hosts, uh, some of them, and uh, Alfred Schaefer in Germany, they keep, people keep taking Saying our people are waking up, our people are waking up. I've been hearing they that are. No, no, it's a different game now. So they are. Get this. I, I got the answer for and you. I, and I, started, I can tell you. So what? So they're waking up. So what? I'm no. awake. You're awake. Keith's awake. It, ma- it makes like sense. Doctor Hill. Doctor mm-hmm. Hill, you're awake. So what? Not what like this. We, we haven't done anything. Not like this. They haven't done and anything. They have to have an event. Every we talked about this earlier. Every revolution is top down. There has to be an economic collapse, nuclear war. They are there, though, bubbling beneath the surface, whereas they were not there in this way even as recently as five or ten years ago. It is different. They have to have an event to bring them up to the surface. But but, ladies and gentlemen, remember this: Sam Bushman has been preaching Christ for more than twenty-five years, for more than a quarter of a century. In I would submit to you the freest country on earth. And some would say it's not true. We can debate that. I'll debate anybody, anytime, anywhere. But I submit to you that I've been able to preach the principles of Christ. You can get it every Monday through Saturday. This man doesn't even do five days. He does six days. He rests on the Sabbath at LibertyRoundtable.com. One more segment. Stay tuned. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, americafirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, americafirst dot com. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with Managed IT Services. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. My child called me up just the other day He said, Dad, I need some crack, can you help me today? And I had lots of cash, but bills to pay He said, don't worry, Dad, I'll find another way He was smoking for I knew it, and away he flew Saying, I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And Hunter's in the basement with a silver spoon The hookers and drugs were gonna be there soon when you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when I'll be good and high by then, Dad Yeah, I'll be good and high by then Picking through rugs, um, smoking anything <laughs> By the way, James, I just got to tell you this story We were at Freedom Fest yeah. today And we were looking at all the booths we could go to And one of the booths was an Afro man for president Yeah and I thought, what the heck is Afro man for president, man? So I wanted to go there I didn't know it was like Black Santa Claus or what it was But I went there and all there was was a sign on the table and it said, because I got high. <laughs> wait, 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 before you take off the headset. <laughs> I got to say, the other Sam, and we had a big, a lot of confusion because we were all driving around together <laughs> last week between Sam and Sam, Dixon and Bushman, going to the museum last week. I know, I mean, you we were in the so best much. company you could ever have, I mean, It absolutely was. But Sam, uh, the other Sam, Dixon, sent me that song earlier today. He said, we know you love oldies music. How about playing this one tonight? <laughs> I mean, how about that? What is that, Harry? That's uh, Cat Stevens. Oh, is it Cat Stevens? Harry Chapin. Harry yeah. Chapin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Harry Chapin. All Pretty right. sure. All right. All right. All right. I stand correct. I'm older than I, you. I got to consider my dad, you, and Keith all said it was Harry Chapin. Yeah, all right. Well, right. anyway, uh, there was this big story about Hunter. Uh, who, who, somebody was doing coke in the White House last week. Nobody yeah, cares about Yeah, we don't know whose anymore. coke it is, though. Here's what's Nobody's funny. Nobody's Here's up. what's funny. They can tell you that somebody doesn't pay their taxes, and they're sure of it. But they can't tell you who had Coke in the White House. <laughs> All right. Isn't that interesting? Real quick, we're, we're wrapping up the party segment. <laughs> we have an uninvited party cratcher. I mean, we love him. We love him. And he's, he's always invited. invited. No, he, no, I'm kidding. You know, he knows I'm kidding. With He kids with me. I kid with him. We all kid with him. Whenever each other. I'm around, Scoop's invited. <laughs> Scoop. Scoop has called in. Scoop, give me give me a minute. I mean, it's a party show. You got the boss right now. You got the big kahuna. You actually got the ear of Sam Bushman right now. And Scoop hosts the fourth hour. Whatever, man. You guys got to stop. <laughs> Go, Scoop. All right, thank you, James. Good evening, political cesspool family. I'm taking time out from my uh, family vacation with the family near Yonadasas, New York, to uh, wish uh, Sam Bushman a belated happy birthday. Uh, we mentioned thank on you, the G- uh, July 1st show, show, because we it's a special day, July 4th. This Sam was born Bushman's on the 4th birthday, of July. I said, That's a true story. Yep, and I said, you know what? I I said uh, if. If Sam was born with the gifts of sight, he would have been completing his second term as a president. I said that on uh, July 1st show. Anyways, Liberty News Radio has gone. you got to be pervert to be president, so I don't qualify. (laughs) You at least got to be able to do Well, I do. But anyways, anyways, uh, Liberty News 
Liberty News Radio has gone above and beyond our expectation, and the running joke is nobody leaves Liberty News Radio. You got two spin-off shows from the political cesspool. Uh, Sean Bergen, Jim Lancia, myself, Walter Yerkew have not gone anywhere, and Charlie Duff is uh, coming in more more often than not. But anyway, the stars just keep on uh, hitting. The greatest. They? Yep, yep, and none of these people are slouches by any means. But our the, the greatest accomplishment from Liberty News Radio was the political roundtable in 2016 and 2020, where we did commercial free. Six hours of live radio from literally all over the country, and it just we just knocked it out of the park. Unfortunately, in 2020, it didn't go our way because of obvious reasons, but it was just amazing. And uh, Sam, I can't thank you enough for what you have done for Red 42 and 75 Radio because, as I, I tell everybody, it is therapy. Anyways, Sam, I hope uh, you're around many, many more years because I still got a lot of stuff I got to get through. Um, but I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for the Political Accessible and 7-5 Radio. All right, hold on right there, Scoop, because he passed the headset over to Eddie. Eddie, pass the mic back to Sam. Sam, I want to relay the message to you from Scoop. He said thank you so much for all you've done for him, uh, for his program. and many, You know what? We're all a big family and a team. I agree with Scoop a thousand percent. And you know what? Together, we are making history. I get it that it's the Widow's Might Radio Network to some degree. We need funding, that's for sure. But the amount of things we've been able to do, Scoop's right, with very limited money is incredible. Whenever there's something happening in the country, we've got a reporter on scene. Whenever there's something going on, we've got somebody on the ground. Whenever there's something happening, one of our people knows somebody, and before you know it, we're at the center of it. We make news. When Donald came to us, he got elected. Need I say more? (laughs) I'll tell you what, he got more mileage for that free publicity than he did from any other paid ad. Thank you, Scoop, and uh, stay tuned, everybody, for Scoop's show, the fourth hour, as we affectionately call it. It's an it's an all night affair. Scoop, Scoop, I'm so sorry. We couldn't take calls the other night when we were up there in South Carolina. We couldn't get any of my co-hosts in. Uh, we had uh, difficulty, you know, tech difficulties, but I'm sure sure wanted to get you in. We couldn't. uh, James couldn't either. We just we just couldn't do it. But uh, I tell you what, we're busy guys. I tell you, you I remember when that. Scoop used to be a reporter for Road to Spain. That was the first time we ever. Before that goes back s- about '05. We've been around. All right, listen. All thank right. you, Scoop. Everybody, stay tuned for Scoop Show. For everybody here in studio tonight, we got about six minutes remaining. I want to give everybody a final word. Let's start with Sam, and we'll pass it around. I want to say one thing to someone. Save you, give Sam. You. A final. you oh, yeah. Oh, everybody, I was want to thank you. Uh, Sam wants to go last, and he should go last. Oh, All right, go ahead. Go, you I go want, ahead, Eddie. I want to thank everybody, everybody in this room, especially for taking me. We went to South Carolina. Uh, Sam, it's been rented, a hell of a last ten days. I mean, Sam rented this great venue uh, for Blood River Radio's fifth anniversary. We've come here. We're celebrating the fifth Blood River Radio's fifth anniversary again. It made me feel so special, so great. We had a great meal. You out attended the Freedom Fest for you know at least part of it. <laughs> Just, I tell you, I tell you. But I want to thank you guys so much for what you've done for me, and. Uh, that's all I got to say. So who's next? All right, Keith, uh, Jesse Lee Peterson tonight. We covered some news and the current events. Sam and I talking about Freedom Fest and some of the people we talked to. And I think that's another thing. People just don't know exactly what we're doing behind the scenes and what inroads and uh, territory we're conquering for our people and for our issues. But it is happening seven days a week, not just the three hours we're on on Saturday night, having a fun roundtable. Just Familial discussion, bonding type of hour tonight in the third hour. Final word, it is family, Keith. 
Well, <clears throat> I wasn't in on all of this stuff, but nonetheless, because I've you had heard to be in court. Now, 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 Sam, if we got to get this back to Sam now, now you got to do that again. No, look, you're doing it again. We had a two-hour discussion about this before no, the show. But nonetheless, you I were was in court. Say, you couldn't have come to it. Well, I could have come down there later this week in the uh, thing, <laughs> but be that as it may. <laughs> You were networking with some pretty high-profile people at this uh, get-together they had in Memphis. We won't mention their names, but, you know, I guarantee you that— I don't know anybody that I met. The people that at the Southern Poverty Law Center would like to know it. Nope. (laughs) Nobody high-profile talked to me. Maybe they talked to somebody else. Well, I've got pictures of them. (laughs) (laughs) But nonetheless, we are working all the time trying to advance— the, the interests of our people and our people, we are advocates for the white race, unashamedly so, and we're always well, this working is it. for This you. is it. I mean, this is it. What's a white nationalist? What's a black nationalist? What do you call a black man who isn't ashamed of his people, his history, his culture? You call him a black man. What do you call a white man who's not ashamed of his history, his people, his culture? No, no, a white supremacist. A, you, you call a, a white black guy a civil rights hero. And you yeah, they, even better. Thank you. Yeah, that's even better. All right, Keith. Well, listen, great work tonight. Great shift. Thanks. <laughs> All right, we'll toss it back to Sam. We'll talk, yeah. Sam, uh, Keith, you want to comment? I've just decided that I'm a blind supremacist. <laughs> now, I, I, I really want to make this clear about Keith Alexander, though. He's the most high-profile person I've talked to on this whole yeah, broadcast no stint. Doubt about it. No doubt about it. You want to talk high-profile? Now, I do want to say this, though. It is a pleasure to spend time with like-minded friends. You know what? We don't agree on everything. You know what? Keith doesn't even agree with us on whether he should have been with us or not. Right? <laughs> okay. We don't agree on everything. And we have difference of opinions on a lot of things. For example, you guys are secessionists. I'm not. Right? But I want everybody to understand that it's, it's, this is the genius of America, this sharing of opinions, this differing of opinions, this hatching it out, remaining decent and respectful and kind to one another, respecting our differences, understanding that. Look, I syndicate a lot of people, and they attack me hardcore for it. I'm, I'm probably the most attacked of anybody, at least as much as James, because when it comes down to it, they threaten my money. <laughs> but, I, but I say this. The First Amendment is worth it. The principle of free speech and the principle of having uh, everybody can have their own conscience, their own thoughts, their own beliefs is worth this battle. You like fire in that regard. Okay? That matters. And that, that, but, that, but I'm different than fire in the sense that I've been at it way longer than they have. Right? Yeah, as far as I know. I've been at it for a long time, guys, and I haven't changed one bit. Now, what you can't do is swear on the radio. What you can't do is do perverted stuff to get me in trouble with the FCC or whatever. There are some lines that you can't cross that I don't really control. But other than that, look, people can express their views, and I don't have to agree with them. Even when they attack me, I don't defend that I agree, maybe. I defend that you have the right to say it, and I will help that happen. And I think that's important as we wrap up this show. All right. Well, we are wrapping up the show now with two minutes do remaining. Up. It has been an incredible. We should do. We should end with that. Yeah, we should. I can pull up another one if you if you really need me to. But I, I want to. Such a great time. I was hoping you were going to join in and create a harmony and stuff getting, like that. Getting to know and uh, your son-in-law uh, who has been with us uh, the last eleven. I thought you were going to go Frankie Valley on me in a second. Well. That's heaven right there. All right, yeah, let's give Zach the final word. Zach, you're up. What what about the last week and a half, Zach? Sam Bushman's nephew. uh, Nephew? His son-in-law. But he can be everything. He's his (laughs) son-in-law. All I have to say is these are great people. 
um, and they're doing a great work. And I have learned a lot actually in the past week. Um, I've never seen anything like it. I'm just so grateful to have been a part of it. So, well, thank, thank you very much, Jay, for. Uh, sorry, James. <laughs> and Jay, our producer, is yeah, listening at hey, the thank network you, headquarters. Jay. And Jay, yeah. yeah, without Jay, we're not here. But That's uh, right. Let, Zach, I want to tell you from the heart, <clears throat> it's been great to spend this week with you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Uh, well, that is just about it. I'm. I, oh, give it up. Yeah, come on. The other Jay. The other Jay is <laughs> <Yeah>. playing. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 in studio, he's playing Ramble and Ding Dong again. Only, only, only Zach can hear this. Yep. Awesome. How much time do we have left? All right, give me this in 41 seconds. Put my, put my mic up. Here we go. Here we go. No, no, no. We are waiting for King Jesus to return, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we'll be listening to Doo-Wop until he does. <laughs> Ten seconds to go for everybody here tonight. Scoop stand, stay tuned. Stay tuned for Scoop, for Sam and Zach and Eddie and everybody, my dad, my wife. You're listening to Resolution Radio Radio. ResolutionRDO.com.